Welcome back to the Cinnabombs channel. I really appreciate you guys being back here. We're going to take a quick break from the uh, Decade series because Carlos is back again. Um, but we're going to do something a little different just due to scheduling issues. Um, we couldn't get everyone here, but we're going to do sort of an impromptu uh, switch to a different topic, which is our top five comfort movies, which is actually something I've wanted to do for a really long time. You know, just talk about stuff that's really personal to us and... I don't know, maybe recommend some movies like if you're feeling depressed or down, they like these could help bring you back up. Um, but we have two very special guests on the episode today. Two guys I've wanted to, to come on here for a long time. Um, first up, we got Mike, um, who's a great guy, great film lover, just thanks a great all around human being. And thanks for coming on, man. Not a problem. My pleasure. Absolutely. And the legend himself. Uh, you've probably seen his YouTube videos if you watch the Misfit Pond, uh, Bill Griff. Thanks, dude. Thank you for having me, Jake. It's a pleasure. I'm glad I was a part of the Avengers that were assembled here <laughs> for this. I was going to make that analogy, but I felt like it was anti-Kino, so I didn't uh, want to. As long as I'm not Hawkeye, this is this is good. <laughs> Damn, shade at Jeremy Renner right after the accident, man. <laughs> that was a while ago so it did not even work um bill is yeah. a he's a uh morbius <laughs> morbius in the morbius. avengers <laughs> yeah he's in the avengers now <laughs> damn dude jerry loader just cashing in um but yeah uh we're so we're going to talk about our top five comfort movies which is kind of like i feel like we all very panicked we had we get we had this really last minute conversation about doing this so we kind of threw together our list but me personally it wasn't that hard because i just thought about like what movies i watch like when i'm sick or like feeling down or just like want to show i don't know like watch with a significant other that's kind of like how i chose like how did you guys choose your your comfort watches you want me to go first i'll go first Whoever, um, yeah anyone um well it was kind of a kind of a mixed standard because some of this is just really personal like for a lot but there's there's a few films in here that aren't going to be comfort films for like 99 of the population one in particular i know that that'll definitely be the case um because it's not necessarily like a warm blanket kind of movie because it's you know it's a very like intense kind of film um but it's just a really personal pick so the way i went about picking them was like okay um what what are just like personal picks of films mm -hmm. that, um, you know, a combination of films that I grew up with that me, like I just have so much experience with them that me putting them on just gives me so much comfort now. Um, and then I have some films that are just outright comfort films, like for anybody, like even for somebody who were like, who were to watch them right now for the first time would find them like very comforting. So, um, yeah, yeah absolutely. That was kind of like for me, yeah, it was like a mix of like what, it's personal taste, but also like what has the aesthetic and like a tone of like what a comfort movie exudes, which is like, I feel like it's warmth and sort of good vibes all around, I guess, is like the, it, for lack of a yeah. better word, you know? Um, but yeah, um, let, in, as tradition though, for, for all Cinnabums podcasts, we got to talk about the last great thing we watched. So, mm -hmm. if, you know, if you want, if you got to pull out your diary for Letterboxd, go ahead and do so. But, um, how about Mike? You want to go first? Like, what's the last great thing you saw? Gladly. Well, I've been watching uh, a lot of movies lately in preparation. Um, 
for our podcast. But um, uh, the last great movie I saw that stuck out the most uh, was Wendy and Lucy, directed by Kelly Reichardt. <laughs> Hell um, yeah, dude. I know Jake is a huge fan. Yeah. He her. did that for uh, me. He brought it. Yeah, thank you. Of course. <laughs> and um, it, yeah, it really was my first movie um, experience uh, from her. And I really couldn't have been more pleased. I thought it was it was beautiful um michelle williams was incredible in it if you if you don't know uh what the movie is about it's super simple it's it's very um neorealistic it's uh basically about a woman who's um just living like a drifter and um she like lives out of her car with her uh, dog and um it kind of follows like it's like it's like a couple days like about two days like a day or two and um mm-hmm. you just see her trying just really trying to survive um there is something that happens um like uh early on in the movie that kind of sets in motion um her journey and it's just it was just such such a simple movie but just so powerful um this is beautifully directed beautifully performed um super heart-wrenching um so it had an incredible ending and um i I really can't wait to dive more into kelly reichardt's uh movies because i was honestly pretty blown away um just very amazed by the emotion and just the simplicity um, on display is really a great movie. And if you haven't mm-hmm. seen it, I'd highly recommend it. I, th- I think really anyone can enjoy it. Um, I know Kelly Reichardt is known for um, being like, I don't know, being a big part of like the, the slow cinema um, kind of movement side of like art house filmmaking. But um, I, I mean, the pace of this movie, I thought was was great. I, I didn't feel bored like once. I, I thought it was just, I mean, purposefully slow. Um, but uh, it, it never lost me once. Um, it was really just great from start to finish. And that's definitely like a highlight of what I've seen recently. So I highly recommend Wendy and Lucy to anyone. As would I. And it warms my heart that you brought it up slash loved the movie. Because if anyone knows me, Personally, that's that movie means a great deal to me, as does Kelly Reichardt. And I will I'll definitely do a deeper analysis and uh, uh, soundbite on that when we do our 2000s episode, because that will definitely be coming up in the best of 2000s. But Bill, Carlos, you guys, you guys well, fuck, fuck with Reichardt. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm yeah. I'm actually really glad that you enjoyed that film, Mike. I love Wendy and Lucy. It's definitely yeah, my favorite incredible. of her filmography. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that film a lot too. It, that, that movie, <laughs> that movie got me really like emotional. Uh, yeah. It's, you know, it's just a film that, I mean, not only just in one part, but like just throughout the film, it just feels like a very emotional experience. It's very um, anxiety inducing. Like, yeah. very much. Yeah. It just keeps you like on edge. Yeah. yeah just it was, which is one of the things that took me by surprise most. It was like, yeah. Genuinely a sense of like, anything could happen and um i thought that was yeah yeah kelly always puts you in the shoes of her characters just so seamlessly and like in that one especially like the point of view of that character is so prevalent in that movie and like when things no spoilers but when things go awry for her it's like really devastating um and then the by the end it's like the polar opposite like very cathartic um it's just it's so beautiful um and if anyone wants like another kelly reichardt recommendation uh first cow obviously but certain women is a great anthology film that's a criterion actually um it's so beautiful it's so great so um i'll always promote kelly when i can 
Um, yeah, I I uh, wore my first cow shirt today when I went to go fishing. Oh, shit, you have a first cow shirt? Oh, my yeah. God. I'm jealous. I love that film so much. Same. So nice. good. Uh, Bill, you want to go next, man? This is actually a perfect time for you to ask me this question, Jake, because I just logged my 4,000th uh, film on Letterboxd. Now, I'm, oh, I'm, it's not fully 4,000 movies, of course, because there's tons of shorts in there. But sure, I, I finally watched Synecdoche, New York. From oh, Charlie nice, Kaufman. Nice. And I'm still processing it. I I just recently watched it, not even been 24 hours. It's it's quite a film. It's quite a headsy film. It tackles basically every creative's worst nightmare, which is to just die without making a lasting impression in the world. At least that's my interpretation with it. And I resonated with it a lot. I'm surprised at how funny it was. Like there's a lot of (laughs) funny sequences and editing and just distorted reality in it that is, I thought was incredible. And also Philip Seymour Hoffman, Mm. Jesus Christ, he's such a, such a treasured actor. And it's even more heartbreaking watching this film, knowing that he's passed on, but yeah, I'm I'm really glad I finally saw Synecdoche, New York. A very ironic movie for me to log <laughs> for the 4,000th. 4, 4,000th, yeah. It's like, damn, I guess I should have uh, yeah, watched this sooner. That is a pretty life-altering movie, though, for like to celebrate a milestone on Letterboxd. Like, that's definitely one, one for the books. And like another, talking 2000s, like another movie that you could definitely bring up as like a decade-defining movie. And like, also that, I think that's a little prevalent too because Bo's afraid i saw a lot of similarities within like the themes and the structure of those movies the sense of humor in those movies so if you guys like Bo's afraid i think synecdoche is like right up your alley as well at least i think so i think it's like they you could compare certain aspects of them but i love that movie too um if you did love it overall i thought it was yeah. great if you hate it. if you hated it maybe maybe don't check out because it's, it's yeah, kind yeah. Of the same <laughs> it is it is yeah what are you saying, Bo's Mike? Afraid. I still, I still need to see Bo's Afraid. It's showtimes are getting smaller and smaller here. So yeah. I like, I like in your review, Carlos, that you uh, compared it to Holy Mountain. That uh, definitely, <laughs> yeah, that sounds pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, it just feels like that. The level of absurdity. The only film that like came to for, like the mind on instinct was the Holy Mountain. Mm-hmm. It's just like totally just throws so much at you, like when it comes to like its absurdity in the same way. So. I was telling my friend when we walked out of Bo, it was like, it reminded me of Jord- Jordowski, but also like Roy Anderson at times. Like the, how he, I don't know if you guys have seen Roy Anderson movies, but like how much he packs into the frames of like really chaotic imagery, like with people like a hundred miles, a hundred yards away and just like shit happening. Like how much he just throws into every shot is just staggering in that movie, especially like on the street, like by his house and his apartment in the beginning. Like there's so much <laughs> going on. Um, yeah. And like the absurdity, like you were talking about. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a great. I'm still thinking about that movie like two weeks later, so I love it so uh, much. That's really great. Um, what about you, Carlito? What have you seen? So, uh, recently, um, the best thing that I've seen, and it, I think it's a fantastic film, honestly, I think it's a masterpiece, uh, is Debbie from uh, Sachi oh, yeah. Ray. Sachi Ray, yeah, that film is, I mean, dude, it's crazy. Like, I've seen two of Ray's films, The Hero and Debbie, and to me, they're both masterpieces in their own way. 
Um, it's just I have a really great feeling that Ray is going to work his way up really quickly, like in my top 10 uh, favorite filmmakers of all time. Just his filmmaking style resonates so much with me. Um, so far from the two films that I've seen, there's just so much craftsmanship, not only in his presentation, but like the writing is so like insightful and mature and profound. And uh, he just writes like incredibly nuanced stories, like both narratively and thematically that I just I can't get enough of. Debbie is a perfect example of that. Uh, I mean, simply, it's basically a film um, where the main character, she basically gets deemed a goddess by her father because he had like a dream slash vision of her being um, a goddess, basically. I don't know. I forgot which one off the top of my head. But basically, the film kind of shows you how, um, you know, within the culture, um, you know, being deemed a goddess actually, like, restricts your free will in life, like, extremely. Um, And it's just a great movie. Like, it's just a very thematically rich movie on every front. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I don't want to give too much more away about it because it is a really simple film. It's only, like, an hour and... 30 minutes like on the dot but that movie is just it's so thought-provoking so beautifully captured and um artful as hell too like it doesn't give you like a bow tie ending it's very interpretive um really like ambiguous and profound and i just love it so much i definitely recommend it it's on criterion too so um definitely rec- like if you're thinking of blind buying that i would definitely say yeah go for it cool absolutely um Sanjay Ray like you were you always ride hard for him because like the hero you always write um you always ride hard for and then uh mm-hmm. Panther Panchali on the 50s episode which was made the list because of you so he's one of your guys yeah now, definitely yeah and I haven't even I haven't even seen I haven't even seen the uh Apu, uh, Apu trilogy so like and I was still pushing for it because I just know like just from the hero at the time that was the only one I saw I'm like dude this I just like from this film just this one film alone I know that this dude is extremely talented or was extremely talented mm-hmm. so um yeah that was yeah he's definitely gonna be like my new like favorite dude because like I've only seen two from him so far and I'm deeply in love with both of them so I think they're just both like a masterful display of filmmaking I will second Carlos's opinion on Devi I think it was a really good film especially the cinematography and the soundtrack was really well done oh hell yeah i love the score yeah it's so yeah it's so simplistic but very calming i just i love sitar uh instruments honestly yeah oh yeah i was just gonna say like the apu trilogy is so simplistic but so rich like he the way he shoots everything and the way he depicts just natural life and like normal life and everything is so brilliant i think um and there's a reason why like he's the most revered like i know like i've heard like scorsese and, and coppola and all these people like talk about who their biggest inspirations were and they always talk about sachi array so i think he's i think he's on that mount rushmore for a reason so i i, I need to see debbie too there's like there's so many like i've read like on letterbox from like these just all seem so compelling like his whole filmography so Definitely yeah. want to do, do a deep dive. That's just so exciting about it is that he has so much, like he has so many films that I have yet to see, and I'm pretty sure they're all going to be fantastic. So mm-hmm. you're really like, on, uh the hero when you review that uh, way back when. I still really want to see that one. The oh, only yeah, movie from Rai I've seen is uh, Pather Panchali. Um, 
my dad like years ago. I remember enjoying it a lot. Um, it's really good. But um, yeah, I'd love to have, take yeah. a deeper dive into his movies. I mean, everybody who has seen The Hero, based off what I've said about it, they they all have loved it. Like almost everybody that have has watched it because of me has given it like a nine or ten. So it's 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 been getting a good track record so far. Didn't you not like the the hero bill? Like I, I remember, I I it. did originally rate it as a three just to see what Carlos's reaction would be. He's <laughs> <laughs> trolling me. Yeah, yeah no, it was a, a little troll. It was a little troll, but I do love that film a lot. That's probably my favorite so far. But wow. I'm very excited to check out the Apu trilogy whenever I do. You guys will love it, and I've heard the music room also is like incredible like that's a lot and a lot of people's like best of ray list too he just seems like a master honestly so i can't wait to watch more for sure um and i'll do mine though for what i watched recently speaking of masters um i have one of my good friends out here uh jack shout out to him he watched the pod um his favorite movie of all time is amacord and i went over to his place yesterday and we watched amacord and I'd never seen it. And I'd been a little hot and cold on Fellini, to be quite honest with you. Like uh, eight and a half, I wasn't super crazy about. I know that's pretty blasphemous for a lot of Oof. the film community, but I did not love eight and a half. And I, I saw this movie called Satyricon that was a little mixed. Um, I love La Strada. I mean, I'll defend Blair's honor. Like La Strada is incredible. Like I, I, that's one of my favorite Fellinis. But I have to say, I think my favorite Fellini now is Amacord. I think that movie is just, I think it's like the blend of everything Fellini was doing in his career, kind of like amalgamated into that film. Um, and it wasn't his final film, but it kind of feels like, you know, well, like Scorsese with the Irishman, let's say, like it kind of feels like, okay, I might have one less film in me. Like, what do I want to say? What do I have to, to kind of enrapture people with for my last piece of work? And I feel like that movie just, from every standpoint in, in film that you could think of, like acting, directing, cinematography, soundtrack, uh, cinematography, production design, like that movie just hits on all cylinders. Oh. Um, and I, I know people are very mixed on the tone of that movie because it's very um, juvenile because like there's a lot of like sex jokes and fart jokes and stuff like that. But to me, I think there was like a lot of intent behind it, behind all of that stuff. Um, I know Perry in particular, we were talking about that has a lot of problems with Amacord, but I think it's the best Fellini movie personally. And I want to be fair to eight and a half and rewatch it one day. Cause I, know I, I got a lot of shit for, for three star <laughs> in that movie, but I, I just didn't, I wasn't as into it, but Amacord I think is a 10 out of 10 best Fellini film. And if you guys, if you guys haven't fallen in love with Fellini so far, um, that's the one I'd recommend. Cause like, that's the one that made me, rethink i'm like oh shit now i see the hype behind this this filmmaker so yeah um have you guys seen that movie i i actually have seen it that's it's yeah. one of the three fellinis i've seen i've seen mm-hmm. eight and a half Do, uh, la dolce vita and um amacord um i don't remember a lot from it this is this is years ago this is actually when i visited and um visited atlanta this is when i was just going on a crazy binge of movies i remember i did enjoy it a lot and um you're definitely right um when you say like the tone of that movie it's it's definitely different um from like i don't know if you're comparing it to like eight and a half it's more juvenile it's way more comedic um but um i mean i like that about it because i mean as from what i read it's one of uh, fellini's most personal movies um yeah. based mainly on his childhood if i'm if i'm right um 
but um, I, I didn't mind it knowing that um, it was just such a, a personal movie and it was, it was cool to see him do whatever he wanted. And um, I, I mean, it was funny. It was very beautifully photographed. Um, I, wouldn't, I, I definitely wouldn't say it's my favorite, but I, I did really enjoy that movie a lot and I'd, I'd love to give it a rewatch. It's mm-hmm. actually a fun fact. That's actually the fourth movie uh, released on Criterion. Um, wow, ever? Yeah, <laughs> wow. Right? That's crazy. But um, yeah, Damn, re- really good movie. And um, it's due for a rewatch for me personally. Mm. Yeah, I have a hot take with Bellini too, so don't worry, Jake. <laughs> I mean, I, I love Eight and a Half. Um, I love that movie quite a bit. I've only seen it once, but it's really like stuck with me for a while. But La Dolce Vita didn't really do much for me. I gave that movie, I, I, I three starred that movie. So, Oof. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that, is that, that's the only ones you've seen though right or have you seen others yeah no i think that's it actually yeah so the only the only ones i've seen are eight and a half knights of kiberia and la dolce vita and i will say eight and a half is my favorite okay. of all those i'm definitely in the minority on that one because like everyone even like from the most famous directors will say that's like one of the best films ever made i but, but honestly, after watching that film, like I can totally understand why somebody wouldn't like be in love with it. Like it makes sense. It's not like a film where like you just can't understand why somebody would not be huge into it. To me, it's like one of those films where it just makes sense why somebody wouldn't be. That's 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 definitely a relief. Yeah, because if every time I bring that up to somebody, people are like, "How could you not?" But it's like I think it's the self indulgent factor of Fellini in that film kind of was like off-putting to me in a way and like a little, little repetitious, but um, I feel like 10 years from now I'll watch it and like completely change my opinion on it, to be honest with you. So TBD, TBD. I I saw in the theater, like after the pandemic opened, uh, um, after the pandemic, like kind of died down and like theaters opened. That that was an awesome experience. I mean, I think that helped. Yeah. I I liked eight and a half so much. Um, I'd probably consider it one of my favorite movies personally. But um, oh wow, yeah, I I could absolutely though sympathize why it would be kind of a a tough sell on on first watch. But um, just for me personally, it was just I know just being in a theater for the first time in so long and being immersed like that into Fellini's world for the first time was really just kind of a joy and mm-hmm. just really memorable. All you got to do is just. Just mark it to people. Say it's black and white Babylon. You know they'll be like, "Ooh, all right." <laughs> That's the way. See, and I love Babylon, and I, I watched those around same. the same time. Maybe that's what tainted it. I was like, "David Chazelle did it better than Fellini." <laughs> no, that's oh, no. oh lord. That's that's a joke. That's a joke. Damn, you're but, gonna get crucified for that. All hey, the Bill, Italians. You, you made the whole montage about it. You you're the biggest Babylon. Uh, oh yeah, fan on this on the Zoom right now. I'm genuinely shocked. That that soundtrack did not win best score at the Oscars. I, I was pissed. That dude. was. I, I didn't see quite in the Western Front, but that's like the best score of the year, like bar none. Uh, Babylon. I was. The thing shocked. is, there's nothing wrong with the score for All Quiet on the on the Western Front. It's just yeah. very. It's just very like, I don't know. It's more or less basic compared to something like Babylon. That not only is the Babylon score like you know more unique, but it's. It just to me, it's like a hell of a lot more creative and engaging than the score to All Quiet on the Western Front. So I think even the yeah. people that don't like Babylon ha- even admitted like that's that score is like incredible, mm-hmm. like one of the best. 
And like that guy won for La La Land, I think. And like that, I think Babylon's a way better score than La La Land. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I agree. I'm also not huge well, on La La Land too, but seen Babylon, but um, I did walk into like the, I was working at the theater one night and uh, just walked in. Um, I think it was during the end credits, but I, I agree. Like the soundtrack, I mean, just from, I don't know, the end credits theme alone was like, yeah. this bangs. This it slaps. bangs. Yeah, it does. Oh, yeah. yeah I love, the, I, I've loved it. And I've been dying to see that movie. Just... The, the shot when Avatar comes yeah, on screen at the say. end. So, <laughs> so transformative. I was like, Mike, did you walk in when they were showing Avatar? He's like, fuck, oh, no. I'm, in, I'm in the wrong theater again. <laughs> I, I do know. I do know what you're talking about. I mean, I've had the, the end montage spoiled. A bunch of times, but um, yeah. I'm still die- like <laughs> It's incredible. Yeah. Even even if if it is like overly sappy, it's really fun. It's really amazing. Yeah. Um, and shout out to James Cameron for making it in. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyhow, yeah, that's that's a great quadruple uh choice uh, group of choices that we mentioned there. Like really great movies overall. Um, so. Comfort watches. Um, we're each going to do similar to the decades. We're going to do f- uh, like five to one, but this is unranked because we kind of realized that there's really no way to gauge your your the ranking of a top five comfort watch. So we're just going to go for it since this was really unplanned anyway. So uh, we'll do the same order that we just did, I guess. Mike, uh, your number five comfort watch. Okay, great. Number five. You know. Okay, number five. Um, again, these are in no particular order. These are just, I mean, no, movies. no, no. Just have, I don't know, just a special place in my heart. I can just pop them in any day of the week. Um, most of them, I mean, make me make me feel it, like just like really positive. Just, I don't know, give, give me just good vibes to go off of. But my number five is uh, one of my favorite comedies of uh, the two thousands. Um, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with Super Bad for yes, uh, my number five because um. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how you can't love super bad. I mean, for me personally, um, this movie has been around in my life forever. I mean, from just watching it on TV in the early 2000s, just over and over and over on FX. Um, I mean, just seeing the hype when it first came out in theaters, there, there's just a lot of memories connected to this movie. It's, it's so, it's, it's one of the most quotable movies I think ever made. Um, and just miraculously, I, I rewatched it like, um, I, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, maybe a month ago. It, it holds up incredibly well. Like, I don't know um, just, just how they did it, but this movie just feels so timeless to me. It doesn't feel like stuck in some like, I don't know, crappy, um, like 2000s, like pop culture, like joke. Like it's, it's just, it's so, it just feels so natural. The chemistry just in this whole cast is just amazing. Um so it's just really from start to finish, just in, incredible. It's just so enjoyable. You can really, really watch it any, any day of the week. And that's kind of why it's a comfort movie to me. I can just, I can pop it in any day and it'll, it'll just put me in such a great mood and just give me such a, a positive outlook. Just really, I don't know. I just get sucked in for two hours and it's, it's just such a compelling experience and I, I really can't get enough of it. And I, I, I know Carlos can probably sympathize with me and sweet quote the hell out of this movie all the time oh. it's it's oh. great it's mm-hmm. you just, much more for me to say about you just, that I, you just I made me it. just made me smile like the whole time dude i fucking love that movie so much it's, it's so great it's, i agree it's, dude it's it's, yeah. it's so fucking quotable i i have so much experience that like I've, i i made so many memories off that movie alone um and yeah i agree i don't think it's fucking like stuck in an era or anything i feel like it's timeless um 
the the, the fucking edge to that movie is just perfect. Like it's the perfect amount of edge. All, yeah, the, all the cock all the cock and ball jokes work so well, and it's just like <laughs> I don't know. I don't know it's, this just, is, this is, it's like it's like a masterclass in like like juvenile humor. Yes, and stuff. Like, I, don't, I don't know. Like it's it, it never gets old, and I and I've seen it like probably like hundreds of times, so many times, and just every yeah. every time it just makes me laugh as hard yeah. as it did the first time. And I think that's the sign of just a great freaking yeah, I don't know, just a movie, not even just a comfort movie. Just that's never loses its its steam. I don't fun think. fact, a Bill Griff fun fact. That's actually the first R-rated movie I I saw was super bad. I, you know, I think I think the same. Yeah, I think around the same too. I I saw that when I was like twelve, maybe younger. Oh yeah, I was yeah. I was easily like ten, nine, yeah, ten, and I yeah. and I remember plugging in the DVD late at night because it was my brother's DVD, but he left the house, so it just sneaked in at <laughs> night, put yeah. it in, and I understood barely anything Nothing, yeah. of the jokes, <laughs> but I loved it, still loved it. I had no idea what was happening, but yeah, that's okay. that's easily a classic in my books. I I love to rewatch that at least once a year. Yeah. And, I, I, uh, I watched it when I was 13, I believe. Because I watched it when I was eighth grade, which is like I think the perfect time to watch a movie like Super Bad, honestly. Yeah, I was totally. uh, seven when it came out, 2007. <laughs> I was born in 2000. Um, but even then, like I remember, I mean, my brothers were they were dying to see this in the theaters. I mean, it was a summer movie. I mean, the hype was pretty high for this. I remember they wanted to sneak me in because they were just so excited. I mean, <laughs> my dad didn't let me. But um, oh. it stopped me from just watching watching it on FX just after it came out on DVD just dozens and dozens of times, <laughs> nonstop. And again, amazing memories connected to it. And still, honestly, just I, such a joy to show to new people who haven't seen it. What's but, your uh, yeah. What's your favorite scene in the film? Oh my god! Uh, <laughs> we should all say our favorite yeah. scene. Let's all say our favorite scenes. I gotta um, think about that. My favorite scene personally is Bill Hader, Seth <laughs> Rogen when they first come to the crime scene oh yeah and they're asking like the dumbest <laughs> fucking questions ever and it's like so he's a black an african jew. jew wearing a hoodie it's <laughs> <laughs> like how they escalate this is so incredible then when they interrogate mclovin like that whole sequence i think is the funniest but also you know period blood it's all great yeah i think i have to i don't know there's so many fucking good scenes in that movie but one that comes to mind is definitely the fucking dick drawing scene, like montage sequence. It's so yeah, good. it's iconic. Yeah. Um, well, you, Bill. As much like my favorite character for sure is Bill Hader as the cop. Yes, but, Officer Michaels or Slater, but, right? <laughs> but I will say one of my favorite scenes is when Jonah Hill's like, "Fuck this! I'm gonna go get the alcohol myself." And we see all the different scenarios oh, yeah, yeah. in his head of how he's gonna mess up. Like it's it's almost Lynchian. The, the levels of dreams. It does, dude. Yeah. yeah. It's like, what is reality? Like he gets the old lady to to buy it for him. She's like, "Good luck, fucking jewels." Yeah. I, I will. will. <laughs> you fucking like, killed her. The cop like slits his throat with the bottle. Don't do it, kid. I never had a choice. I, I never had a choice. Followed yeah. by Kill the iconic. Followed by the iconic You fucking killed her. You fucking killed her. (laughs) Followed by the iconic quote where, um, what is it? Where Michael Sarah's like, take that vest off. You look like like Aladdin. Aladdin. (laughs) (laughs) You know, um, a lot of those shooting locations for that movie I I visited because they're kind of semi-close to where I live. Like I went to the liquor store 
um, and the school and everything. And it was so insane to like see where they filmed that movie and just like act out the scenes with my friends and stuff. It was so fun. Like I, I had the same experience where like I saw I went the first time I saw that movie, like this really dates it. I remember my friend brought it over on his PSP, like the little <laughs> disc drive. And we like my parents, my parents were really conservative. So like we had to like hunker down in my room and watch it like under like underneath a tent or some shit like what during a sleepover. Um, and again, like like what you said, like I didn't understand most of the humor in that movie, but it was still like a blast to watch at the in the <laughs> moment when you're like 10 years old. Um, yeah, that's an amazing pick that that's. That would make my list too, honestly. If I if I knew I knew someone was gonna bring it up too, so uh, Bill, do you want to go? I'm gonna continue the brain rot comedy train right here with my number five. <laughs> I love this it. is actually a film. Brain that, rot. <laughs> I I know for sure Carlos loves this film. Oh, here this, we go. Oh God, I think it's from 2010. It's the other guys from. Adam. Oh yes, I love that movie. It's. I find that film so quotable and every time I rewatch it, there's just a new layer of comedy that I'm attracted to and love. I fucking adore Michael Keaton's character in the Bed, film. Bath and beyond. Yep. <laughs> there, don't go chasing waterfalls. Oh my God. There's Is that a TLC? You just quoted CLC again. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, he's creep, by, creep. That's a better performance than Birdman. Come no. on. No one says creep creep unless they're quoting TLC. <laughs> See, every I don't like, want no scrubs. Every scene in that movie I love. I don't think there's a single dull moment in my head. Because yeah, yeah. if anything, any slow moment, it's just more comedy. Just seeing yeah. Mark Wahlberg be a dick bag while Will Ferrell is just this this pure loving soul <laughs> that's so dumb. <laughs> oh holy shit, dude. Dirty so Mike much. and the boys. Oh yeah, there's so much to that film. <laughs> And I, I truly think it's Adam McKay's magnum opus. I, it's wow. such a sadness to me that he became serious and made totally. Vice and Don't Look Up. I wish he'd just go back to his roots and make the other guys too. That's what, that's what we need desperately more than I anything. I'd pay so much money to watch the other guys too. <laughs> me too, man. Me too. You know, my favorite line in that movie is Mark Wahlberg when he's like, I'm a peacock. You got to let me fly on this one. <laughs> Okay, let's, let's get, get this straight, Terry. Yeah. Peacocks don't fly. Okay. <laughs> as much they, as a they, penguin. They get a little running start. Yeah, yeah. As much as a penguin. They get a little start. They could fly a little bit. Oh, my God. Uh, they, so good. Like you're saying with the slow parts, too. Like like just scenes with um, Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg, like interrogating people. Like they go, they go to like his ex-girlfriend's house and the guy like uh, Brett Gelman's there. <laughs> Um, and like, yeah, you know what I'm talking about? The scene with like, think of my name's Christina. Yeah, Christina. Yeah. <laughs> are you stupid or are you deaf? <laughs> you get back here and have sex with yeah, my wife. He wants to like cuck himself. Yeah. yeah. World's biggest cuck. Oh my uh, God. He, he's the Tom. And then Eva Mendez is his wife. Yeah. Oh my God. I Great movie. That. Nothing beats the rooftop jump scene, though. Aim for the oh, bushes. Oh, yeah. God. Aim for the bushes. Even people who aren't huge on that movie love that scene. I'm sorry. What did you say? 
Uh, I think I think I think you were saying something, Mike. I like. Oh, I was over. just thinking my uh, my hero because there yeah. goes yeah. my hero. <laughs> that's like that's a master class in like absurdish shock and humor because like I remember showing that movie to people for the first time and every it catches everyone off guard. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no wait. <laughs> There's no bottom. <laughs> oh, so. Wasn't it even an awning in their direction? Yeah, there's not. <laughs> they jumped yeah, twenty stories. <laughs> I only what... hope God lets them take their three fifty sevens with them to heaven. <laughs> oh yeah, there's a few. Oh, they're like at the funeral and they're like wrestling, and Michael Keaton comes up and he's like yelling at them, but he's also whispering. He's like, "What the <laughs> fuck is going on?" Yeah, yeah. There's a million bits in that movie I could bring up right now. It's so good. Yeah, I, I I love the scene where uh, um, Will Ferrell and uh, Mark Wahlberg are trying to convince the the guy not to jump from the balcony. <laughs> and he's soda like, pop, soda pop, nice class, like, class of soda pop. <laughs> there are many things to live for in this life, like uh, like soda pop, <laughs> like a like a nice fresh can of soda pop. Then he just jumps immediately. He's like, oh look, like, he's flying! Yeah. Oh look, he's flying! <laughs> Blows his his whistle that Keaton gave him. That's a great yeah. whistle. <laughs> oh yeah, he progressively like he takes away his gun and he gives him a wooden gun. He's like, I oh, just give you a whistle. <laughs> you know, oh, one of these guys they put a linseed oil on it. Might want to write them a thank you yeah. note. <laughs> <laughs> I love the bit too when they're like trying to interrogate Steve Coogan and he keeps giving them like Nick's tickets and like yeah tickets to like Jersey Boys and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I love it too. I love that too, yeah. man. Oh my god, that movie is just man. These are some great picks so far, dude. Yeah, Super bad, and the other guys. I would have definitely included that. We gotta uh, fuck. I I gotta cut myself off. I could keep talking about the other guys. Carlos, go ahead. what's your number <laughs> five? All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna start this off with a bang. Uh, to me, this is a magnum opus of filmmaking. Uh, got Shrek. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Oscar-winning film, Shrek. Dude. Oh yeah, yeah. We Shrek were just is, talking about that. Yeah, Shrek is. Oh my god, dude! I've seen Shrek like an ungodly amount of times. Honestly, probably one of my most watched movies like ever. Um, and it just never gets old. It's insane how many times you can watch that movie and it just never gets old. It's just always funny, always charming. Um, you know, it's and the 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 jokes like. For, for uh, I mean, a PG-rated movie, some of them kind of push the boundaries here and there because they're kind of like, I mean, some are more subtle than others, but I think it's just in terms of like the comedy and, and also the concept of the film itself, um, the concept to me is really creative. It's kind of like this fairy tale that you never heard of, like the one that's got sidelined basically. Um, and then like the humor itself is just like, it's, I mean, yeah, you know, it's, it's plenty of like, you know, jokes that kids can enjoy but there's tons of it that like resonate a lot with adults and teenagers um i I remember when my dad watched shrek at the time he's like that was like one of my favorite movies i've ever seen um wow yeah it's just like everything about it just really really works uh the i mean a casting is like iconically great mike myers um as shrek which is crazy because i think uh uh chris farley was actually gonna voice shrek yeah. But then, you know, obviously he died, unfortunately, he didn't get to. But then we got Mike Myers as Shrek, and it's crazy how iconic that became. Uh, obviously, um, 
Murphy, uh, Eddie Murphy, Eddie Murphy. As, as, uh, the, as donkey, donkey, donkey. <laughs> <laughs> um, is just like so good. Like, uh, Cameron Diaz, fantastic. Even John Lithgow is Lord Farquaad. Oh so my god, good. Awesome. incredible. <laughs> Dude. I am Lord Farquaad. <laughs> so good. Do you prefer uh, Shrek one or two? If you don't mind. I was gonna ask the same thing. That's uh, a... Personally, I like the first one I'm a little bit more than the second one. But the second one's it's insane how great of a sequel that is. So, <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, I mean, yeah. Um, but yeah, Shrek. I mean, what what can I say? Fantastic movie. I think honestly, I think my favorite character in the movie is Lord Farquaad. If I'm being, if I'm being <laughs> honest. Um, oh, Gen- Genji's the probably the best character. Who did your uh, bread, man? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> can you imitate his voice? He's like the highest pitch. I can't. <laughs> you're, you're a monster. You're a monster. <laughs> There's like a torture saw. That was great. That was good. not the gumdrop buttons. <laughs> there, yeah. I love the scene in the beginning where Farquaad's like torturing him. <laughs> yeah, like, a glass man. of milk. <laughs> Do you know the Muffin Man? Yeah, uh, yes. I know the Muffin Man. Sure, he lives in Shirley Lane. <laughs> She's married to the Muffin Man. The Muffin Man. The Muffin Man. <laughs> That's one of the greatest plot points in cinema history when they just create the giant, uh, <laughs> uh, whatever you call it, gingerbread man in the oh, yes. Shrek Two. Oh God! With with I need a hero of all songs playing such iconicism right there. Honestly, though, I think one of my favorite lines in film history is, "Some of you may die, but it's a sacrifice <laughs> I'm willing to make." Yeah, Barquad yeah. <laughs> is goat, man. But also Prince Charming in two is pretty great, and uh, yeah, Fairy Godmother. Um, it's insane how much. The quality of those films fell off the map after Shrek Two. Oh. Oh they become like unwatchable, like pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah, but Puss in Boots Two revived. Oh, that's that. right. Oh, yeah, I forgot about oh, that. Yeah. We'll see what happens next in the cinematic universe. I mean, apparently they're making a Shrek Five. Let's hope it's not dog shit. Mm. Is it by Illumination though? Like that's what. That's what? That's a, I don't know. I, don't bring. I really hope it's a rumor. Don't put that evil on us. Don't put that <laughs> evil. On us. <laughs> We need to exercise illumination from the world. <laughs> oh, I mean, my I actually, God, yeah. Oh, geez. It, it's illumination. Is it is? Right. Oh, yeah, that's, that's a bummer. That's, that's a big bummer. Neon, neon rated get on this. Get on Shrek 5. What the it's fuck an A24 neon production, Shrek 5. Yeah. <laughs> films. Do you guys know the, the, first, <laughs> the first Shrek movie played at Cannes? Yeah, it did. You know that? That's so oh. crazy. The second one was yeah. actually nominated for the Palme d'Or. Too. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah, like no, no, an- no animated movies ever get nominated for the Palme and like Shrek mm. 2. You know, I love it. People it can the festival and it was nominated for the Palme, which oh. is amazing. <laughs> people can shit on Shrek all they want, but you have to admit it's a great example of the hero's journey in film. Like it, it's so well done, so well it written. It's so. It's such a great satire on fantasy. It's it genuinely yeah. is like brilliant. Like the writing, at least in the first two movies, is it's it's so smart. Um, just so creative. I, I think it still holds up amazingly. It does like the concept, yeah. It's just like borderline genius. I, I know that. people pick apart the animation that it looks dated, but like oh, 
pretty much not any. Really. No, not me. I know, but that's like what people's like nitpick about it that it looks like shit nowadays. But I don't really. I'm also not like an animation like nerd or anything. So I'm just there for the jokes, man. I'm there for the vibes of Shrek. Yeah, and, like, <laughs> I the technical. Think, I mean, Shrek is like like the animation. Like the, in the first two Shrek movies, aged better than something like I know it's like Pixar, but something like uh, Toy Story. I think yeah, like the first movie. Toy Story looks like dog shit. To be yeah, honest it looks with awful you, now. it looks yeah. really. I love the movie, but it looks bad. It kind of looks cursed. Yeah, it looks. Yeah, <laughs> it looks like AI imagery, like that. That that would be cursed now. That's something like, small soldiers did better. It's the CGI. <laughs> the CGI of Joe Dante is definitely yeah. better. Um, I saw Shrek uh, on thirty-five millimeter last year oh. when I was visiting home, um, like super drunk because it was like a midnight screening, and me and my friends went. And it was like one of those um, like Rocky. Ho- I don't know if you guys have been to like Rocky Horror Picture Show screenings where like people quote oh, oh, yeah, the lines and like yeah. and like people are like in cosplay and like and like <laughs> everyone just super amped to be there. It was the loudest fucking screening. Like every line people were shouting. Wow. Um, <laughs> and in a way, it was a little rough. But like once you got into it, it was like you're at a concert for Shrek. Like you're at a <laughs> you're at a fucking like Metallica concert where you're just screaming your head off. And it was pretty great. Um, and I just my, went to so um, fun to uh, heavy metal in 35 millimeter at, at midnight too. So um, <laughs> it, was, it wasn't very wow. packed, but it, it was definitely a lot of fun. I mean, everyone was just laughing, having a good time. I mean, people were like shouting stuff at the screen. It's real, really good vibes. Heavy metal. If I'm not mistaken, I think Carlos, didn't you attend one of those events for In the Mood for Love with all the people screaming and laughing and <laughs> everything? <laughs> Green, red. Yeah. <laughs> touched. Yeah. They touched him. They touched. Yeah. I wish Tony I Lung. I wish I could say that was a great experience, but it was it was not. It was oh my god. I mean, I don't know. Oh, was this another uh, rant where Carlos saw a movie and people were talking? Oh no. Apparently oh, no, I, I feel Carlos's pain, like uh seeing like a great movie and everyone's laughing for absolutely no no reason. It's like all. No, I, like, I, I definitely. Yeah. I only have this problem right. with like I only have this problem with like art theater crowds. Like every time I go, like mm-hmm. when we watch like some sort of like classic movie, like any like slightest attempt at humor is just like met with like like an uproaring uh, fucking laugh. I'm like, oh yeah. my god, the Nickelodeon like, laugh track. It's like, what is this? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. the Drake and Josh, like oh. the Drake and Josh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Like you'd be surprised. Like every time, everybody who I told this to, they're like, "For what? For what? For for in the mood for love?" Like, I'm like, "Yeah." They're like, "How what could the? you?" They're like, "I don't remember laughing one time during that whole movie." No, like, there's nothing to laugh at. No, I saw. Uh, I've seen Al Mulholland Drive uh, twice in 35 with uh, super packed crowds. I, I honestly have to be real. Those are some of the worst experiences I've ever had in a theater. It was it was god freaking awful. There's, I mean, there's there's a shot. I mean, the shot earlier in the movie. Where um, it's just like it just turns around and you see the like the old people just in the backseat, just the whole theater just like erupted and yeah. laughed. It's like, what is so funny about this? This is just, I mean, I get it's Lynch and it's like, I mean, it's kind of like a darker sense of humor, but it, it, uh, these people just would not shut up. It, it was really, it was pro- you know what it is? I've been to a lot of Lynch screenings and it's like, People that want people to know, like I get the movie. Yeah, like, I get. Yeah, yeah. I get what, what Lynch is. is going for. Like I remember Blue Velvet, which I that's one of my favorite movies ever. And like every time Dennis Hopper was on screen, like even the sex scene, which is really grotesque and and like hard to watch, like mm-hmm. there were dudes behind me, like oh shit, oh my, <laughs> like he was such a good <laughs> actor, man. I was like, 
You know what? I, I can give them a little bit of a pass on some, on something like Blue Velvet because of just how fucking outrageous. Sure. Yeah. It, it was just it was just a lot like but, piled up, you know. But still, like I'm still, I, I honestly I wouldn't imagine going to a to a theater screening for fucking Blue Velvet because it was. I mean, yeah, like even even me, like there's some parts of it that are like so absurd, like with his 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 acting style in that movie that you can't sure. help but kind of laugh at it. But like you know. I can just only imagine how obnoxious and consistent it would have been watching that in the theater. I've actually yeah, seen yeah. it in the theater. Um, ironically, like there wasn't a peep uh, during that one, but um, wow. like Mulholland Drive and like uh, Eraserhead wasn't as bad, but especially oh, during Mulholland Drive, the theater was like roaring just for absolutely no reason. I mean, the character could be walking down the sidewalk. Everyone is like dying. <laughs> like, it was a funny, it was, it was horrible. Like, Jesus. I, yeah, many times where I was thinking, I I just can't do this anymore. I have to, I it was, oh, yeah. it was seriously this bad. Yeah, it, it takes you out immediately. That's why I, I couldn't even like get the experience of watching the the one car Y film because it was just like, dude, that would try be insane. After it was all all said yeah. and done, like I mean, I remember the first time I watched the movie, the ending like made me fucking tear up. Like it was just like that powerful. And then in the theater, I was just like, I didn't. <laughs> I felt I felt like nothing, and I was wondering why. I'm like, why am I feeling not, yeah. like nothing this time? And it's like probably because the fucking theater was taking me out of it. They robbed you of your tears. The artsy yeah. guys, the artsy <laughs> guys are like, oh, what's he whispering? What's he yeah. whispering? <laughs> but I actually want to make a movie like this soon, so I'm yeah. taking <laughs> I'm taking stock of everything. I will say for Mulholland Drive, I do cackle at the uh, Billy Ray Cyrus scene every time I see it. That scene is so funny. hilarious parts, but um, you see, man, the, like every second, the, was every second. The really fucked up thing about it is that, especially with films like Lynch, they give they give people like almost a window to like laugh in certain things because there's are moments like the Billy Ray Cyrus moment that are meant to kind of like be more comedic because of how like just kind of silly and absurd it is. So like when you give people that vibe. They almost did. It's like you, you're like setting up like a foundation for them to not be able to decipher like what's supposed to be funny and what's not. Even though for normal people like us, it's obvious what is supposed to be funny and what's not. But just I yeah. guess for them, they just like take anything like at that point to be like absurd humor, and they just fucking treat it like it's a fucking like sitcom or something. I have no idea. I said like us normal people, Lynch fans are animals. <laughs> Lynch fans are among the worst. Like. We could do a ranking one day of the worst fan bases, but they'll definitely be top tier. Also, this makes me realize that we got to do a worst theater experiences podcast because oh, yeah. we've gone through so many tangents, especially doing it with Carlos, where we talk, <laughs> we do a lot of sidebars about like, like I just brought up the witch that one time. He's like, oh, fuck, dude, hold on. <laughs> and you had like a 10 minute story that was, that was like really good. Um, I so. dread, I dread the day I go share a theater experience with Carlos. He's like the King Midas where <laughs> every theater he touches, there's a bad experience that'll happen yeah. with the crowd. I'm, 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 I'm definitely bad juju. <laughs> if, you, if, if you come with me, like you probably, you should probably just expect a bad movie experience. <laughs> oh, you no. the diarrhea touch just for movie theaters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. All right. Anyway. Hey. Um, I'll do I'll do my number five and I'll keep up with the uh the Bill Griff Mikey uh tone for what did you call it, Bill? You could like trashy brain rot. Brain, brain rot, rot comedies. <laughs> <laughs> brain the rot. Ap- Dick McKay style comedies, Rogan, <laughs> weed, whatever you want to call it. We all grew up during that time, so we, there was no there's no escaping it, but Rogan um, weed. <laughs> Rogan weed. 
Braco, sex, you know, all that stuff. <laughs> um, my, fa- my, my personal favorite from that era um, might be kind of a hot take, but it's right up there with super bad for me, but it's forgetting Sarah Marshall. Oh, hell yeah. Um, which oh. is one of my, it's one of my ultimate just comfort watches because I think, um, I'll talk about the comedy after, but like, like on a deeper level, I think this movie like really tackles like depression, post breakup angst and sort of like above the whole, like the title of the movie for getting Sarah Marshall. Like it's really about a man who's like emotionally distant from the world and kind of comes to terms with that and like discovers who he is as a man. And I think like, you don't see that a lot in studio comedies. So I think that's like, like what you saying was super bad, like how it's so there's like a warmth to it. Like you have a better outlook on the world after it's over. Like I always love when comedies pull that hat trick, you know, when you're like, this made me laugh my ass off, but also like made me like realize something about myself as a person, as silly as that sounds when you're talking about like Apatow um, era comedies, but like that movie really does. And like, I could watch it like with my friends and have a ball or I could watch it alone and like have a really profound experience watching it as silly as it sounds. Um, uh, but I, I love that some of the best comedians of our generation, like having such a great time, like aside from Jason Siegel, like Paul Rudd's character in that movie as the yeah. surf instructor. He's so good. Is the weather outside is weather. <laughs> I quote, I quote like everything he says in that one scene, probably like, every, like multiple times a week. Like when he's like, He's like, I don't wear a watch anymore. He's like, oh, that's so cool. He's like, yeah, it's like my phone has a new, has a clock on it. So I don't need it anymore. He's like, and they're just like staring at each <laughs> yeah. other for 10 seconds. It's so great. And like Jonah Hill is the waiter. Oh, he's, he's so like, good. He's talking to his friend. He's like, I can't sell you weed right now because I'm at fucking work right now. <laughs> he's like, oh, hey, Mahalo. <laughs> and it's like, it's so great. And so I came over here to give you my mixtape. Yeah. <laughs> Russell Brand, like that's the Russell Brand's like a garbage human being, but like that's the best. He's so yeah. funny in that movie. Like I got to give it to him. Um, and yeah, like I said, like the Dracula musical at the end of Bill Hader, just like cherry on top, man. I, I, I just love this movie so much. Um, and I think it's like if you're talking about like the super bads and all that stuff, like for me, it's when they balance drama and comedy so perfectly, you know, when it's like probably like 80% comedy, but then there's like a, there's a sprinkles of like life, um, uh, lived in experiences from the writers that are like making these movies. Like, I think it's just really special. Um, and that's, that's the one for me, man. Um, but, but super bad's up there. I love super bad so much. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And Jason Siegel's dick is in the first like 10 yeah. minutes of the movie, <laughs> yeah. which is a great, amazing scene. Like one of the best openings <laughs> yeah. to any comedy I've ever seen. Um, oh yeah so yeah the best um the uh the kind of it's not a sequel but the movie they made after that with uh, jonah hill and get him to the Russell greek yeah. get him to the greek i actually like that movie i mean i haven't seen it in a long time but it's good yeah I, I have a great time with it it is it's, it's definitely more like a silly road trip comedy but like there's some really hilarious like scenes of that movie too i like i just uh, like the whole thing surrounding like i remember it was about like like thematically speaking it was about like the music industry and like um poking fun at just like the fucking like soullessness of it um and just how like rid of like nuance like popular music has um but yeah a person i've been seeing that movie in such a long time but when it when it was out i watched it a lot and i had a lot of it's the same with uh sarah marshall like i watched that movie a shitload of times uh they're both really good obviously the sarah marshall it's 
better, but still, they're both really mm-hmm. good. I haven't seen either myself. I, I forget Sarah Marshall was, uh, I remember in like the early 2000s on TV, like a lot, but I, oh, I all the time. I, I've always heard it's it's one of a, like the better like 2000s Avatar uh, comedies. And you're de- you definitely sold, sold me on it, Jake. Um, I mean, that's awesome. Like how you said it can one day be like, you know, a great comedy and other days it can be more profound. I think that's actually a, a really wonderful and I definitely piqued my interest in, uh, I don't know. Nice. I, do, I do love comedies. So. Yeah. I love. Yeah, I, I can still sell for getting Sarah Marshall in 2023. Yeah, <laughs> no, I love that. Oh, that's great. What are you saying, Bill? Sorry, I have. It's been a minute though, but I will say an, yet another iconic Bill Hader performance. And <laughs> Jason Siegel really put his mind, body, and soul into that role. That's for sure. <laughs> Emphasis on body too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just the best. Um. Yeah. Uh. Mike, you want to do your number four now? Sure. Um. Uh, I didn't even um think what to order these. You know, I'm just gonna pick from the top of the stack. My uh, number four is again another comedy, but definitely um it's a different type of comedy from like the other other guys and like super bad. Um, in Bruges by uh Martin mm. McDonough. Uh, this is one of my favorite movies of all time, just in general. But this is just also just a movie. I know that fits right in there with that definition of what I define as the comfort film, just something I can put on any day of the week. It, um, it can make me laugh. And like you said, it can make me feel uh, certain things um, if I'm in the right mood. But um, in Bruges, I've seen this movie so many times and um, I, I, I liked it like the first couple times I've saw it, but I just think this movie has it just aged so beautifully. It just, I just find I just a new line of dialogue, just a new like um, it's new things in like the performances and the characters and their chemistry that just always just gets better and better. Um, particularly Ray Fiennes in this movie, who honestly just personally just one of my favorite uh, comedic performances of all time. So um, good in this movie, just I think he's quite honestly just perfect in this movie. Like every single delivery of his line is impeccable, and it just makes it just always leaves me in stitches. Um, but I don't. I don't want to overshadow how good the chemistry between uh, Colin Farrell and uh, Brendan Gleeson um, is in this movie. It's so funny, just so natural. Um, just really feels almost like a, like a like a classic movie. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it, but um, mm-hmm. there's just something so so fresh and just so entertaining about this movie that I, I just I can never get enough of it. And um, yeah, I've I've seen it so many times. I've shown it to many 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 people, many friends. Um, pretty much everyone has enjoyed it and yeah, I, I love it to death and I can't say enough nice things about it because I just think it's probably honestly still, um, uh, my favorite Martin McDonough movie. I have to see Banshees of Inna Sharon again, but, um, this still holds, um, a very, very special place in my heart. And it's absolutely one of my favorite, uh, just comfort movies, one of my favorite comedies and just <clears throat> movies in general, uh, of all time. Yeah. God, we're talking about way too many good movies right now because i could talk about them all day because that's also one of my favorite movies that was a movie i saw early on that made me fall in love with like screenwriting and like like you were saying about lines that st- like linger with you for days and like how, how 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 quotable it is but like how much like thematic and like emotional resonance they all every line of dialogue in that movie means something um while being just like gut busting 
hilarious and quotable. And like you were saying about Ray Fiennes, like Perfect. everything, everything he's is a pitch perfect like performance. Obviously, the inanimate fucking object scene is like <laughs> iconic. <laughs> I, I didn't want to quote it because I would scream it, but like it's <laughs> I would too. good. I, I I always think about the scene when him and Brendan Gleeson are talking like over a beer before they get in a gunfight. And he calls him a cunt. <laughs> yeah, and then he's like, he's just like you and your cunt fucking kids. He's like, yeah. you track that bit about my cunt fucking kids, and, and it's it like such that, a fucking scene too. Okay. One of my favorites actually, um, the scene where we first see him um, going to. If, if you haven't seen, I'm not gonna really spoil anything, but um, when he goes to uh, get guns, like when he first comes to Bruges, yeah, and he's like making fun of the the dude with uh, the blank in his eye, <laughs> eye, eye. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like all, all the stuff, just every every line, dude. It's so good. <laughs> It just so it never gets old for me. I just I love it so much. No. And as you were saying, it's so, such a rich movie too in, ter- in terms of like the symbolism it has, especially uh, with like uh, religion. How like the mm-hmm. whole movie is like almost like a metaphor for like purgatory, like right. in a way. Um, Did you learn that in Cinefix? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, I, think it's, I think it's pretty obvious. Honestly, no, I'm fucking um, of course, of course. Yeah. Uh considering like the conclusion of the movie, but um yeah, uh I, I love it. I, I think there's so much so much goodness in there that just gets better and better every time you watch it. And I can't even keep track of how many times I have seen it. Mm-hmm. But, um, Is that your guys' favorite McDonough's as well? For Mark sure. McDonough. Yeah. For sure. Oh my god, I don't know, man. He's got a lot of great movies. So. Personally, I fucking love the three that I've seen. I'll, I love Three Billboards. I know that one's kind of like divisive among his, among his fans and people that watched it, but I love Three Billboards. I love Banshees and I love In Bruges. It's kind of it's really hard for me to pick a favorite, so it I is. really couldn't tell you right now, to be honest with you. I mean, all, all I'm saying, Carlos, is that Banshees, Three Billboards, they didn't include that tower scene with the American tourists. <laughs> Just saying. Use a bunch of fucking elephants. Give it to fucking elephants. <laughs> That's a good point, Bill. That's a great point. Also, Seven Psychopaths is really good. The movie. Like, yeah, it's really good. It's very That's underrated. That's pretty underrated good. for sure. That's the one I need to watch. I haven't seen it. That's really still. I think that's uh, what's his name. Uh, fuck Sam Rockwell. I think that's like his best work ever. He steals He's the show completely. He's in that. So good in that. Yeah. Isn't he the guy uh, with the teddy bear? Isn't he the guy with the teddy bear in the film? I think guy. so. It's like I don't want to spoil. But there's like there's a whole a like, in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's incredible. In that Christopher movie. Walken too. Don't forget. I mean, don't forget he was in that too. He was amazing. Fuck the cops. <laughs> no fucking cops. No fucking cops. <laughs> yeah, that movie's gold. Oh too, man, really. I, that that movie. I feel like it's pretty much guaranteed that I'm going to love it whenever I watch it. Oh, it's, it's a great. banger. It's just so so fun. I don't think yeah. I've seen it since it first like came out, like 2012. 11 years ago. Oh my God. I remember seeing the, the previous right in the theater and being so excited for it and it living up uh, to my expectations. Um, that yeah. film was awarded like best, probably best dark comedy on this watch mojo list of top 10 dark comedies. Yeah. That's the yeah. only list that matters. I, I love it. All fictions. Yeah. Wa- shout out to watch mojo. Sponsor oh, yeah. the show. Sponsor yeah. the pod. Their voices sound so natural, so lifelike, yeah. like very not, very much not like AI. No, not at all. Like the Watch Mojo videos, that that guitar, guitar stock noise. <laughs> you know what I'm gonna do? I'm definitely gonna put some of that in, in the intro of this video now. I have to. At the beginning of every pick, we have. 
Here is uh, Mike's pick. <laughs> AI generated voice. Number three. Um, Mike's pick. All, right. <laughs> all right, Bill, what's your number four? I'm bringing it down to horror because Ooh, I got to okay. admit, as much as I love comedies that make me just so happy to be alive, there are also some horror films I have a deep uh, resonant feeling with. And there's a lot that I was looking at and I was really, I was really tossing up a few. Um, but I think I'm going to settle on the thing as being Ooh. one of my favorite comfort horror films. Love that. There's just something so iconic about it. it it's so timeless. I can watch it anytime, any time of the year, especially is great with Christmas and uh, cold ass weather outside feeling that cabin fever but sure. the thing is just a great movie to watch with friends too especially people who've never seen it before it's just such a great horror movie to put on and enjoy um i know that's a bit off from the comedies but it is kind of funny you know it's a funny movie to see <laughs> uh uh to figure out oh who's the who's the sus person who's the among us imposter the funniest scene of all time is the blood test uh, scene. Oh yeah, <laughs> really good. <laughs> that movie, gold. That movie fucking traumatized me when I was younger, so I can't call that a comfort film. <laughs> uh, that's, I mean, that's fair. I, I, I'm with you, Bill. Though, like, that's a movie I've been watching consistently since I was like a teenager, and like, I know like every beat to it, and it's so perfectly executed that you could just watch it. And like, if you want to watch like a great horror movie, that's like that's always one that I grab around the holidays and like yeah. snuggle up around the, the cold weather time, I guess too. Cause like, it's like the coldest movie ever made. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And the dialogue is so great too. Like it's, it's basically 12 angry men in Antarctica. It's <laughs> 12, <laughs> it is. 12 infected men, <laughs> 12 infected men <laughs> and one I dog. Mean, I mean, it's possible. <laughs> it's possible that you could be the alien. <laughs> Is that your Henry Fonda? Scientist. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we gotta we gotta see Henry Fonda in the new thing. Yeah, he's like 120 years old, and uh, the, the fucking thing is <laughs> parasitic. That's so good. You don't really mean you'd change into me. It's funny you say 12 Angry Men, though, because Carpenter, like, always talked about how much he loved Sidney Lumet and, like, Howard Hawks and, like, these really, like, tight thrillers, like Rio Bravo and stuff like that. So they definitely take some inspiration, I feel like. So, Oh, yeah. I saw yeah. during the Sight and Sound poll list, he had, like, four <laughs> Howard Hawks yeah, movies in, in a row. He's like, yeah. like this man must like Howard Hawks. Yeah. That's great. Uh, yeah, I love that movie. Uh, Carlos. What's your number four? All right. So kind of like what Mike did. Um, like the first, I mean, Shrek is a great movie and everything. It's fucking, to me, it's a masterpiece, but this is more like, you know, I guess more Kino for lack of a better word. Um, but it's uh, the big Lebowski. Yes. Oh, I didn't even God. think about that. I, oh, fuck. <laughs> I was considering That's yeah. a great pick. Oh my God. That's the ultimate comfort film. Oh my God. Yeah, the Big Lebowski, dude. This is a film that, yeah, I mean, pretty much with, with every film that I have on this list, I've seen an endless amount of times. Uh, and the Big Lebowski is one of those films where, to me, to me personally, it gets better with every every single watch. It's crazy, like, 
with every single watch, you somehow love the film even more. And um, it gets to the point where you just find everything funny about it. Like literally fucking everything funny. (laughs) I I completely feel you on that. Uh, Yeah. yeah, I agree. Like the first time, like I watched it, like I liked it and everything, but I wasn't like in love with it. But the second time I watched it, I'm like, I, I found myself laughing a lot more. And then now it's just like, again, the more time, every time you watch it now, every little fucking thing that happens in the movie, you just, you just find like just comedy gold. You just like, um, like just find like comedy, just like the way like people like move and like just talk in that movie. Just, yeah. Like, mannerisms, just you get to that point where it's just, you're, you're just in stitches. It's yeah. So weird. Yeah. <laughs> totally. And I think a lot of great comedies do that to where like you get so on board with like it's dick. That like at, at that point everything about the movie is hilarious. <laughs> at the very uh, least, you're just you're just smiling like ear to ear, like you just yeah. can't help it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, dude. It's yeah. I mean, and the characters. Every this movie's fucking like it's a very like conspiratorial, like you know, uh, almost nonsensical kind of movie in a way, which is like in Coen Brothers fashion, they kind of like to do that. Um, but this film is like such a great like you know rabbit hole kind of movie where you just get to meet so many different types of bizarre characters that all are honestly fucking iconic like when you think about it Donnie is like a very plain character but just the role that he serves in the movie is iconic as well um the dude obviously uh Jeff Bridges is fucking incredible Walter from uh John Goodman incredible fucking Vietnam all-timer, all-timer best performance yeah. over the line and over the line over the line <laughs> Oh man, yeah, and like I don't know, it's hard to pick a favorite character, really. But I buy Jesus, the Jesus, come on, Jesus, eight year olds, dude. I think eight my year. favorite character is uh, the the police officer who makes fun of uh, the dude for leads. Yeah, yeah, man, we got we got four more uh, uh, officers <laughs> on the case, man. We're working around the clock. <laughs> They, they got us working in shifts yeah yeah that is the best character you're right you're yeah. right about that I, I i think about that scene just i don't know for no reason i don't even know what i was doing the other day i was just like laughing making myself laugh just th- like thinking about stupid lines like that um, <laughs> such a simple movie i think but it's just freaking hilarious yeah. fucking i don't know though fucking walter is so fucking funny in that movie mm-hmm. uh, like when they're when they're at the fucking uh diner and like the dude is trying to tell him about the fucking toe, and he's like, <laughs> he's, like freaking "That's not her, toe, <laughs> not her toe, dude." <laughs> I'm finishing my coffee. <laughs> yeah, I love that. That's so quotable. <laughs> you know who I also? I mean, Sam Elliott, of course, is okay. is the heart and soul. Oh, yeah. I also love. I think it's like Peter Starmar, who's like the head of the the European guys, who's like, "Where's the money, yeah. Lebowski?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the nihilists. <laughs> the nihilists. Yeah, that's the yeah. Just, Don't forget, uh, Flea. Flea was in the movie too. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 Un- unironically, one of the best Philip Seymour Hoffman it performances, is. too. Yeah. That's incredible. Oh, yeah. Laughs in that film. You were talking about the way people walk, like the way he's like walking down the hallway. Yeah. The dude yeah. is, he's like, he's like so yeah. stiff. <laughs> he's right in here. He's been locked away for hours. <laughs> I love how, like, yeah. I love how much. Hoffman's character loves Lebowski in that movie. Mm-hmm. Like the, the, yep. the like when he goes in there, he's so serious. Like when he's talking about how uh Bunny was kidnapped and he's like trying to tell the dude about it, and you see like Hoffman's character all serious and sincere there, like you know, <laughs> super he's emotional. Like, he's like Mr. Smithers, you know, and from The Simpsons. 
Yes. Oh, yeah. Like sense. his redhead man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's telling him about the kidnapping. He's like, mind if I do a J? Yeah. Like, yeah. Fucking A. <laughs> it's a perfect movie it's a perfect but i'm so mad i didn't think of it because it's like that's like i watch that movie like three times a year no matter what it's like ah it's just so fucking good dude it's just it's just perfect it's just so oh my god i think i mean in terms of comedies it makes me laugh like to an insane amount of like mike said even 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 in moments where you're not like like not laughing yeah you're just smiling like so hard it's just exactly yeah Jackie Treehorn, Ben Gazzaro as the porn director. Yeah, dude. Just so good. Oh, was Ben was Ben? Yeah, Gazzaro. Ben Gazzaro, yeah. Oh, really? I had no idea he was even in the movie. Yeah. Dude. Every time I'd watch a Cassavetes movie, I'd just be like, oh, that's Jackie Treehorn, you know? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm that, now, whenever I see him in any movie, I'm just, I just think of Jackie Treehorn. <laughs> and the bad guy from Roadhouse, of course. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, this is a all-timer great pick right there um but uh, uh, i'll do some kino too um def- definitely not on level the the Boski, but uh we talked about kelly reichardt so i'm gonna i, I gotta talk about a kelly movie really quick because she's my ultimate comfort director just her style her sensibility um not going to talk about wendy and lucy but i will talk about old joy Oh, which I love so much. Um, the score by Yola Tango is so great. This this really minimalist cinematography in this movie just just warms me up. And just the notion of this movie, I find so relatable. Like that that friend you have in life, who's kind of like I feel like you can see yourself as both characters, no matter like kind of in, in different ways. But like that friend you have, that's sort of. Adrift, and he's and he or she might be sort of like um, lingering in your life, and you kind of feel like you you envy them in certain ways, but it, you also feel so bad for them. Um, and I find that dynamic like you don't see it a lot in movies, so I, f- I find it really comforting that like that's captured on screen so well. Um, and just like the notion of going in Oregon to like a hot spring is like the most comforting thing ever. Like that's the whole conceit and like plot of the movie is going to a hot spring um and it's just it's it's just so i watch that movie a lot because it's also like a comfort movie can also be really short in my opinion like something you could watch before bed and that's a movie i throw on all the time because it's like it's like 78 minutes long or something like that like it's it's just it's just like right above an hour long so um it's not definitely not my favorite kelly record movie but i think it's like her most comforting and most um watchable like one that you could rewatch over and over again. It's not that emotionally devastating. It's very simple. Um, it's just about a friendship. It's just about two guys going camping. So, um, yeah, um, that's Mike. I know you want to go on a deep dive of Kelly. Like that's that's the one I'd recommend you watch. Interesting. Um, after one day, um, I actually did start Old Joy a couple of days ago. It was really late at night, so I, I didn't get to finish it. But um, oh, okay. I, was, I was really really enjoying it, and that's the next movie I'm probably gonna. Uh, finish when i have a minute so um, hell yeah yeah love I'm that really stoked you uh picked that one out um yeah I, I, yeah i just love it and even the cover of the criterion is like just like watercolors of like like i don't yeah. know like a, a kid's book or something like so it just brings me back to like feeling like a kid even though the themes of the movie so adult it's just like this movie's meant to just ease your mind it's in certain ways so yeah, I, I love it. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but I feel like I would love it 
I mean, I've loved everything from her so far, so you will. I have, I have pretty high confidence <laughs> in it. Yeah, I you will like love 30 it. Minutes in. I, I really was loving those uh, montages when they were just driving. There's, um, yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, it's gorgeous. I mean, the, I mean, oh, yeah. I love like how to, I mean, granted, it was the early 2000s, but uh, how devoted Kelly Reithart is to um, like shooting on film, mm-hmm. and uh, especially, I mean, those scenes just, just looked amazing on a, on a 16 millimeter. Um, same with yeah. why Wendy and Lucy look beautiful, but those scenes in Old Joy, from what I saw, were just re- honestly really breathtaking, and there's not really even that much going on. This is. totally yeah also how devoted she is to filming in oregon like yes beautiful beautiful wilderness that she captures in that film and that is a good pick i i would say old joy is one of my favorites of reichardt's filmography um of course right behind wendy lucy of course that's my favorite but absolutely yeah the the portrayal of their friendship is very relatable and simplistic because we all have someone like that in our lives that just kind of slipped away over time and trying to reconnect, rekindle that friendship is always an interesting time. Sometimes you're able to just pick things up right, right from back when you last spoke to them, but yeah, old boy, oh, old boy. <laughs> old, the ultimate. I was thinking of, I was thinking of boys meeting. Yeah, my bad. Old, <laughs> the ultimate comfort film, right there. Yeah. Oh, spoiled my number three right there. No, but <laughs> Old Joy is a uh, great film. I would, I would definitely recommend to you, Mike. I, I'm, I'm gonna finish it 100. I'm very much into Kelly's uh, style right now. <laughs> really captivated to be honest let me know what you think of it because i i could talk about that movie for a while and i I just yeah everything bill said is i i totally agree um but yeah do you want to do your number three then mike oh gladly um all right uh yeah most of these are comedies but um i'm just gonna go ahead my um my third pick is um little miss sunshine and um, oh yes yeah i've seen this movie more times than i can even count um i i just think this movie is such a perfect balance of really like a uh, hysterical comedy and just really just amazing uh, uh like uh just, just character moments and just uh character drama i i think like um the the dynamic um of this family in this movie is just real really interesting honestly very riveting riveting um so all the performances in this movie are amazing just from just top to bottom and um I mean, I don't think it's as like quotable as like a movie like In Bruges or Super Bad, but I can't help but just um, it's really being just enamored by uh, this movie's uh, humanity and like humor every time it's on. And I've seen it just again more times than I can even count. It never gets old. It just, it just really does feel like one of those movies I can just pop in really at any time, and it will just just hit in the just, just in the really just in the right place. And um, yeah, definitely one of my favorite just one of my favorite movies in general it's kind of a shame uh these directors i mean uh what's the name dayton and ferris didn't really do it doing marvel right lot. i mean i know they've done like a couple movies but um this this really was i don't know, like i almost described it as like lightning in a bottle it's just beautiful um not much else i can really add to it but um again one of my favorite comfort movies and one of my favorite movies in general so little miss nice would be my third pick, Good pick. yeah yeah, I I like Steve Carell in that movie a lot. Like I always 
I, I think that's like his best dramatic performance I've ever seen personally. Like, I'm not a fan of the McCabe movies so much. So like, I, I think he's like, that's like one of his best roles ever. Like I've ever seen that when I love the office. I'm like, holy shit, this guy is like really good actor. And every, obviously Alan Arkin and everyone in that movie is like so damn good. Oh yeah. Now the way though, I mean, all the actors just balance comedy and drama. Yeah. Um, Tony Collette, of course. And, yeah. Oh, Tony Collette is fantastic. And she's, she's one of my favorite actresses and, Definitely yeah. one of the most memorable performances. I think. Do you see Mafia Mama or whatever it's called? <laughs> I, have, oh my God, I already forgot that was a thing, but no. <laughs> Mafia Mama. Mafia Mama. I know. And I was like, an actual movie. Is that another decapitation film of hers under her belt? Spectacular. <laughs> no, dude. I, I agree with you, Mike. I fucking love that movie so much. Um, yeah. Little Bit of Sunshine, dude. I watched that movie. I haven't seen it in a while, honestly. But Same. there was like there was like a good like 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 window of my life where I was watching that movie a lot, um, and it's just yeah I agree it, it it balances drama and comedy like better than most movies I can I can think of, um, yeah it's hysterical. There's movies that there's movie there's moments in that movie that are fucking hysterical made me laugh so hard and the there's moments with them in the band for sure. Oh it's my god yeah so good yeah, it's a crack up, <laughs> <laughs> and, but then there's moments that like really like. They kind of like yank tears out of me. Like there's like uh it's kind of well, I think the first scene I could think of is a scene about the uh the uh, ice cream where his her dad's being like mean to her about that. Oh yeah, yeah. That scene that scene kind of tears me up a little bit just to see him be like so fucking like like rude to his daughter about her weight. It just fucking, exactly, yeah. oh, just, fucking it just makes me mad. Yeah, Rick is a piece of shit in that movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> freaking jerk, but I mean I like I mean, where his character goes yeah. towards the end of the movie. Yeah, there's redemption for sure. For oh sure. yeah, there's redemption. Yeah. I mean, the ending to this movie, I think, is definitely perfect. Yeah, pretty, it's it's flawless. I think it just pieces together the whole movie. Just brings home the message of the movie so oh, well. Yeah. That ending is so good. It, it's like life affirming. Honestly, I, I tear up just thinking that. about it. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful. Them on stage together. Yeah, so good. Beautiful it's, it's portrait of a family. Yeah. 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 But, um, Sorry, yeah. I thought you were saying more. <laughs> um, yeah, it was a good pick, man. Um, uh, Bill, do you want to go next? Yeah, all right, all right. No more horror. I just wanted to throw one horror out. Number three. God, this is so tough because I have so many on this list. I'm literally just shuffling through a list on my notes app of Same. something to throw out. Um, I think I'm going to go with something that means a lot to me in my heart and I'm going to cheat. I'm going to do a little cheating here because to me, all three of these films kind of are an amalgamation. I all think of them as one in the same. And that is the Indiana Jones trilogy. Oh, I love that. The nice. trilogy, not the uh, crystal skull. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know about that. Some weird fanfic one that came out, which I love. <laughs> but what about the You're, Chris Stuckman fan film? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's canon. That's, yeah, I was going to say, that's canon. canon. <laughs> that's young Indiana Jones. But the first three are just so iconic to me. They're so important to my childhood upbringing. I would always watch them on VHS, coming home from school, on the weekends. Anytime I was bored, I'd just throw on Indiana Jones and watch him beat up Nazis. There's just something so satisfying and and affirming as a child to see like this dude who's just just an archaeologist just wanting to 
dig up some some things and put them in a museum before Hitler gets to them. There's it's a really iconic adventure films that I grew up loving, still love to this day. Anytime I'm really, really bored, I'll try to throw on an Indiana Jones film. But yeah, those those are very special to me. Nice. Yeah, I I grew up with those as well. I recently rewatched Temple of Doom after Kei Kwan won the Oscar. I just felt the urge to go back. And like I had into my mind, I'm like, this doesn't hold up from my childhood. Like it definitely wouldn't. And like it, it's still like incredible in my opinion. Yeah. It's like definitely the lesser of the trilogy. But my personal yeah. favorite of the three is The Last Crusade with Sean Connery. Oh, that's I think a that's, great one. That makes for also one of the best Father's Day films to watch. Yeah, yeah. Because really their good. relationship is built so naturally, and you already know from the first scene where they're at and how disconnected they are and the adventure they go on just creates a a great dynamic between the two of course have james bond as his dad that's the only logical actor to pick incredible casting yeah yeah that 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 might be the best one of the trilogy my roommate had a good point about that where it's like it's oddly like a really personal movie for spielberg because like if you see the fablemans like he had a weird relationship with his dad and that movie feels like kind of like a i don't know like a exploration down like some past traumas he had with his dad in like an indiana jones movie so i think i think that movie's really special too i'm a big fan i've i've actually never seen any of them really yeah <laughs> oh man that's like that's like one of my biggest like blind spots and like sins when it comes to film like i just haven't seen any of them i mean i always heard about them as a kid but for some reason they never really I never, I never came across them. So one of these days I have to watch them. Yeah. Just don't watch crystal skull. This is what the advice <laughs> no. I'll give. <laughs> no, you can skip that one. I actually you... watched, I actually did watch that one in the theater when I was a kid. What? <laughs> <laughs> With no frame of reference for the other three years. Like, no, nope. yeah. I don't remember anything about it except for that horrendous ending that has to do with aliens. You're just like, who's this? Old, who's yeah. this old ass man in fucking khakis <laughs> running around in the prison? Why is Shia Beef here? Yeah, all I knew was that it was the old man and then the kid from Holes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dude, I- Holes is a great comfort watch. I'd like unironically. Oh, that that oh, holes, is, holes is actually on my notes app list. Really? I'm, I'm looking at it right now. I'm not gonna Damn. bring it up, but yeah. Holes I rock. Even, I didn't even think about that one. Fuck, dude. I holes is a is an ultimate like comfort film for me. Like yeah. Well, what Bill was saying, like movies that you'd throw on as a kid, just like constantly. I threw holes on like probably every week at yes. some point. Like, man, they're going to God's thumb again. (laughs) (laughs) I recently had a conversation with people about how Holes is essentially, I think, Carlos, you were there, how Holes is essentially stalker, but for the U.S. Like, they they go to the green zone. zone. (laughs) What if at the end of stalker, they're just like... They start eating onions and like yeah. water. In the yeah, then and you also have them like laying down in the water because they're all soothed and like speaking philosophy. Wow, wow, it's so, a good. Yep. It's a, I Madame's, never thought of that. Madame Zeroni is the stalker. <laughs> Madame Zeroni will climb the mountain. <laughs> if you forget to come back for Madame Zeroni, Tarkovsky's holes. <laughs> oh, Adam. oh Jesus! Oh, Shout that's the- great. That is Shia yeah. LaBeouf's finest hour right there. 
He I peaked. Agree. He definitely he, peaked in that film. He peaked in holes, yeah. <laughs> also, uh, John Voight and Tim Blake Nelson's peak, too. Oh, yeah. And Patricia Arquette is in it. Just and Sigourney really. Weaver is in it, too. It's crazy cast. Complete Kino cast. Wow. Yeah. Henry Winkler's like his dad, right? In that movie? Yep. Holy crap, yep. That's that cast is stacked. That's I, that's insane. And, yeah. and his mom is the church lady from Dogville. Yeah. What? She, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She. What she, is she, happening? She. She. She's also the bus driver from Forrest Gump, and she's she's actually in a lot of like fucking oh, great movies. Yeah, she's actually wow. the she's also the second victim in House that Jack built. Yeah, she is. <laughs> she. She's a Von Trier regular, huh? Yeah, she she's actually like, is. She's like the female Harry Dean Stanton, where she's just in all <laughs> these Kino films. <laughs> that's a good. That's a. It's a good comparison. Uh, Carlos, what's your uh, three? Oh, okay. Uh, pretty awesome that you went with this uh, a Spielberg film, Bill, because I'm also going to go with the Spielberg film here. Nice. And it's Jurassic Park. Oh, yeah. Yeah, dude, this fucking movie. Again, like, one of the films that I grew up with, watched it a billion times. Um, Still, like, I watched it at least, like, two or three times every year or more. And um, to me, it's just a super comforting movie. Um, even as a kid, like it was a terrifying movie, but like not enough to traumatize you, but like just enough to make you feel super on edge as a kid. And um, and it's just, I mean, this to me, Jurassic Park is a whole package. Like it's a, it's, it's a thematically rich film. It's funny as hell. It's suspenseful as hell. The special effects are just like out of this world, especially for the time. And it still holds up quite well um yeah like on on every front like this film is to me like absolutely amazing it's it's my favorite steven spielberg film and um one of the most like comforting films like whenever you know that i'm like just not feeling well or whenever um i don't really know what to watch like jurassic park is like it'll, it'll always fill in that hole like every single time um yeah um what's more to say about it i mean everybody knows how fucking amazing that film is um Again, Jeff Goldblum, so, so iconic in this film, um, just plays like such a cynical smartass in the movie, but he does it so well. Uh, Sam Neill, also fucking amazing. It was really weird seeing him in Possession. Possession. Because <laughs> I've only seen him in Jurassic Park, so when I saw him in Possession, I'm like, what the fuck? That's a, a drastically different kind of movie yeah. and role. Um but yeah, Laura Dern. How how could I forget her? Also the amazing. Oh the goat. yeah. Uh yeah. So I mean, I mean, all around, I I really really fucking love Jurassic Park. Um, you really can't go wrong with it. So yeah, that's also one of the films that I would plug in on a VHS tape as a little kid. Me and too. I would I would actually mute the TV with friends, and we would speak the voices of the dinosaurs. <laughs> like I'm really bored. Wow. Great pastime. That, that sounds Damn. like a that sounds like a great time. Yeah. You can tell we grew up post like 90s, you know, if we're all watching Jurassic Park on VHS. Uh, <laughs> I own the CD of Jurassic Park and I like that was one of the first CDs I had for my Walkman. And I would when I was like six, seven years old, I, I was listening to the soundtrack on repeat. Um, that's one of my favorite film movies as a kid, also. I was like, I'm I'm with you. That's my favorite Spielberg, too. Yes. It's like I never thought I'd honestly, for some reason, Carlos, I never thought I never thought of you as a Jurassic Park guy, but I'm oh, glad dude. you 
I'm yeah. glad you're on board. I'm, we did I'm, a whole episode for the Cinnabums about it. So if anyone wants to, we talked about it for like three hours because me and my brother are obsessed with Jurassic Park as kids. So holy shit, I have to watch that. Plug that. Yeah, yeah. It was fun. It was fun going back. And I watched that movie again, like, yeah, like every year. And not similar, not yeah. like Indiana Joe's because like the sequels are terrible. So like I don't go back to like the whole franchise. It's just the first movie. I actually watched uh, Jurassic Park in 3D in theaters when they like did that thing. Like, yeah, me too. And it was it was awesome. <laughs> it was great. It was great. Yeah. Every sequel to that movie is dog shit. If you ask yeah. me, it's OK. All OK, hold up. Hold up. What, a, <laughs> what about in Jurassic Park three where the dinosaur talks to him? All right. I hey, like th- I yeah. like three a lot yeah. more than the other ones. I'll say that. Yeah, th- three is actually <laughs> three is actually pretty entertaining. Like for three better or worse, yeah. Hey, it's that, uh, Vince you, is yeah no, Vince Vaughn's in the Lost World. Lost World, okay. Yeah. With Julianne Moore as a bad movie, Jurassic Park three is great. No, I agree. Uh, three is like a guilty pleasure, but like every Jurassic World like movie is oh, like no. unwatchably horrible. Dude, fuck those movies! Yeah. I I cannot stand those movies. Oh god, dude. no. It took like a fucking dump on my childhood with those movies, dude. Yeah, the first and second Jurassic World are fucking terrible. I didn't even bother with the last one because it was fucking long and a lot of people hated it. So I was like, I'm definitely not going to see that shit. It's it's just as bad as the other ones. They're all equally like two out of five stars. Just like my God. Yeah. Well, the first one, perfect movie. uh, First one's great. Yeah. So, so many, good. so many great side characters too. Like Sam Jackson's yeah. characters, the IT guy. The cigarette is like Wayne, always. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on Wayne, to your butts. Wayne also, Knight. Yeah. Wayne Knight. Yes, has one of the most hilarious death scenes in the film, and next yeah. to the lawyer, of course, the lawyer. The lawyer is great too. <laughs> You're always lawyer. taking like a shit. He's like. <laughs> He's always. <laughs> That was uh, another thing where w- I saw Seinfeld for the first time and I just couldn't stop seeing the guy from Jurassic Park when I saw Newman. I was like, that's fucking the guy <laughs> who steals the eggs and everything when I was a kid. Um, yeah, he's so good in that movie. Yeah, he's incredible. Dotson, um, Dotson, we got Dotson here. We got Dotson here. <laughs> nobody cares. That's a great <laughs> meme. That's a great meme too now. Also yeah. a side character, but he, he's not necessarily funny, but Bob Peck, uh, R.I.P., he died shortly after this film, who played Muldoon, a.k.a. Oh, the yeah. Clever Girl. Clever Girl, yeah. yeah. That yeah. guy's great. Great. We even mentioned John Hammond. Uh, what, I forgot the actor's name. Um, incredible. Richard Attenborough. Yes. Is the old man. It's so yes. good. Mm-hmm. Such um, a great cast. Oh. Yeah, it's it's a like perfect cast if you ask me. Um, speaking on perfect movies, my number three um, is I'm going on the same lines of like things I watched as a kid just repeatedly, um, and I, I own this on VHS, DVD, and I now I bought the Blu-ray um, as I grew up. But Napoleon Dynamite nice. uh, was a movie that. I watched, I can't even tell you how many times there was a wave when this movie came out. I don't know if it was similar for you guys were just like all my friends and like all my friends is like older brothers were watching this movie. Just like if you're ever at like a friend's house or like at my house or just like your own house, this movie was like on for like all the time. It was like a huge pop culture, like explosion from like a small independent movie, which was crazy. Um and this movie to me is aged like a fine wine because as a kid, you're laughing at the 
absurdity of of it all and just how like how off kilter the dialogue is and how everyone you were talking in Lebowski like everyone's mannerisms like John Heater as Napoleon Dynamite just feels like a walking ball of like angst and disgust and he's like he's so fun to just like observe throughout this movie um and I think there's like like you I'll go back to Sarah Marshall like there's a profound meaning to this movie I think is really special like about ultimately it's kind of about like uh finding you know your purpose in life as a kid like at, on, on top of how absurd the, all the comedy is and like the tones of this movie are so weird but like it's all it's really just about a character's journey to find his place and like to find friends and like just like kind of like a path um in the midst of all the craziness of this movie but aside from the serious side of this movie the, the this movie in my opinion has the best side characters in cinema history you could go down the list of like Rex yep. from Rex Quando. Rex Quando. Rex Quando. Uncle Rico. <laughs> yep. Uncle Rico. No. Pedro. Um, everybody in this movie. Lafonda. Uh, Lafonda. <laughs> oh, Kip. Yeah. Uh, oh my god, dude. God, man. Also, Napoleon Dynamite is the first Marvel film with the post credit scene. <laughs> post credit. <laughs> the, the, oh, yeah, the wedding. Yeah. The wedding. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, coming in. I like the, the yeah. doll, the John Heater. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like the opening credit scene with like the food and everything, just like from the second this movie starts, it's like it's it it brings me back to being a kid and like um and even watch it. I still find new things I love about this movie every time I watch it. It's just like it's so rich, it's so it's it's so unique. Um, and I know Carlos before was talking about uh, Nacho Libre before we started. Like I wish Jared Hess was still making movies like this because he was such a like distinct voice in like independent comedies in the mid two thousands. And like this and the Nacho Libre was such a perfect like one two punch. Just uh, the... He did, really yeah. Like I, I wish he came yeah. back. It's sad. Uh, he he had yeah. such a such an eclectic aesthetic about him with those he two did. films. If almost yeah. Like in the yeah, nicest way possible, it was like the trailer park Wes Anderson. Yeah. Like, so <laughs> there's some that's a great so, way to describe it. Yeah, yeah. There's some so beautiful about it too, and so heartwarming yeah. about his films. There um, is awkwardly beautiful. Yeah. There's not like an ounce of like cynicism or judgmental like uh, point of view on his characters too. Like they're all very. They're, a lot of them are dickheads in Napoleon Dynamite, but like they're. They're really treated like delicately. So like it's not like a mean spirited movie, even though like it's a really everyone has a really negative attitude and sort of outlook in the world. It's yeah. kind of like it's optimistic in that way. And like the final shot of them playing tetherball, like I, last time I watched it, I like cried like a baby. I don't know what it was, but like and the dance scene, I just love so much. like God. Mm, yeah, I just everything about that movie is just like it, it, it got it's one of the movies that got me into like loving movies was napoleon dynamite and it's the best it's the best I, yeah. I i i can't understand if you dislike napoleon dynamite like other movies i can but like that movie i, I can't forgive i can't forgive it same i remember like i remember like cynic in the discord gave it like a six and that offended me and i was like what the fuck man <laughs> he also gave he also gave school of rock a six and i was like you're killing me dude that was my um, honorable, big honorable mention was uh, School of Rock too. But I will give him credit; uh, he bumped it to like a seven. So good, good. not good enough. Not good for, enough for Napoleon Dynamite, not for School of Rock. <laughs> but um, 
But anyway, yeah, uh, I love Napoleon Dynamite so fucking much. I'm, I'm really glad you talked about it because that film, my God, dude. It's, again, like one of those films, like it doesn't matter how many times you watch it. It's just fucking hilarious. Um, there's so many just like memorable scenes in the movie that I just fucking love. Um, one scene that I really love is when um, he tries to go and make money. So he goes he goes to work at like the farmer's like yeah. for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <And, laughs> like. He tries to eat the sandwich and like make like a concoction of the. Yeah, he's like. This cow. He, like, he drinks this like cow has juice. a fifth nipple. Like raw egg yolks. Yeah. Yeah. Like, do chickens have large talons? <laughs> large what? That's like large a talons. whole hour. I had a sweatshirt as a kid that said, Do the chickens have large talons? Oh, that's and I, I had to vote for Pedro. Oh, yeah, yeah, he gets I, paid in like pennies, like yeah. six dollars. <laughs> that's like a dollar an hour. <laughs> so quotable just yeah and like like what bill was saying with the aesthetic of that movie is so it's like it's like the trashy wes anderson <laughs> also another another comparison with their dialogue is it kind of harkens to Lor- yorgos lanthimos sort of yeah, yeah everyone yeah, just yeah. speaks they don't speak uh, like human uh, beings <laughs> <laughs> they just talk so weird i don't know if it's an idaho thing or not but oh those it characters. must be yeah it's like a Mormon-esque, you know, kind of like dialogue where it's like people don't know what yep. to say, so they just stare. I just I just love <laughs> the fact that Napoleon Dynamite, Mass, and The Whale are the three Idaho movies I can think of. <laughs> All Kino. You know. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> but we gotta yeah. have a we gotta have a movie with Brendan Fraser's The Whale and Napoleon just like have a dinner or something. <laughs> He's the pizza guy and the whale. Freaking idiot is so fat. <laughs> you know, you sure. lard. Come get some ham. Yeah, he's feeding Brendan Fraser on the. <laughs> I need to know that I voted for Pedro. <laughs> Eat the food. Thanks for your vote, man. Pedro is a king, man. I Brendan love Pedro. Eat, eat the food. <laughs> yeah, dude. Brendan- Greatest movie villains, I was going to say, is Uncle Rico. One of the oh, best. Oh, chilling. And I wish I could go back in time. <laughs> I take state. <laughs> He's like, this looks like the worst video ever made. <laughs> <laughs> I love that line. Yeah. It's like it's like literally what everyone's thinking. While yeah, yeah. <laughs> Doesn't he just throw a raw steak at Napoleon's yeah. face or something? They're eating steak when they're, and he rolls up and he whips a steak in his face. <laughs> what the heck are you doing? <laughs> This is like the a fucking psychopath. He's like abusing a kid with a snake. <laughs> uh, yeah, oh, God. I love it. All right, Mike. I think we're on our number twos, right? Number two. Yeah, number two. All right. Um, definitely a slight change of pace, but uh, for my number two, I'm gonna go um with the Spike Lee movie. Uh, Do the right thing. Oh shit. But yeah, so um, this is only a movie I've only really gotten into in the past couple of years. So I don't have like any like um, kind of long term like childhood like uh, memories with it. But this movie, I've just noticed every time I've watched it, it's it just it's just endlessly enjoyable. While um, I mean, there's the, the commentary in this movie on like racism and um, just like uh, just different races and like um, the dynamic and like a community is is amazing but like um this movie's so colorful like the cast of characters is so so expansive 
that uh, there's there's just so much to pick up on every time you watch it. Um, just like it, it's so funny. Um, I, just, I don't think there's a, like a bad performance in it at all. And I, I think just compared with like uh, the screenplay, which um, is I, did, I think is just brilliant. Um, this really makes it just a movie I just I can just vibe to really any day of the week. Um, I've watched it with like friends. Um, just it's just all just always just enjoyed really in um almost any just situation i think and i think that's um the quality of like a really good comfort movie you can just like and it just has the staying power we can just pop it in i know i say just saying this a lot just like pop it in whenever you can but really do the right thing i think you can do that and i don't know i i love it i've seen it so many times and um yes i mean spike lee himself i mean he plays mookie in this movie and i think he's uh, fantastic i think he's actually a great lead um i love love his chemistry with uh danny aiello in this movie who plays uh sal and um his sons with uh played by john turturro and um i forgot the other actor i'm sorry but um i think their uh central like a uh, dynamic is very very interesting very entertaining and um, the way this movie just builds and builds to the end um it keeps you on the edge of your edge of your seat but it also just uh, it just stays consistently just entertaining and just like fresh um, just throughout its whole two hour runtime. And I, I, I just really love it. And um, yeah, that's that's my number two pick. Uh, Do the right thing. Such an incredible film. It's perfect perfect movie. Yeah. Masterpiece, in my opinion. I agree. It is. Um, I kind of want to save my thoughts because I think we're going to talk about it on our 80s episode. But oh, yeah, yeah. I, I adore that film, too. It's my favorite uh, it's up there's my favorite one of my favorite spike lee movies it's like it's perfect it's easily my favorite for yeah. sure i've seen quite a few of his movies i've seen this like bamboozled bamboozled um, is yeah, yeah. I think, like the five bloods but um not much else but th- this is easily stands above them all incredible x is pretty good Malcolm x yeah yeah oh i, I thought you're gonna that. make an old boy joke <laughs> <laughs> i'm noticing with a lot of our picks is we're picking movies with really great ensemble casts and do the right thing yeah is, no it's like it's just as incredible i love um we haven't mentioned aussie davis as demare oh, that's incredible. my favorite wow. character yeah yeah so good yeah and gene carlo esposito is bugging out which <laughs> makes no sense like he does not seem like he would play that kind of character yet he does it so well oh <laughs> You look at Gus Fring and that guy, you know, like the polar opposite tonalities, like performance. Yeah. Like, I just, holy I just shit. think it's like amazing that he's he's basically like the center, well, like close to the center of this movie. Like he sets in motion like a lot of like what leads up to the conclusion. But um, right, he's so, he's so good in this movie, so like out of control. Um, Sam Jackson, yeah, I, I really. Giancarlo Esposito in this, he, he is bugging out to me in this movie <laughs> at least. And yeah, amazing performance, just all yeah. around. So good. You mentioned ensemble cast. Like another honorable mention ahead was Boogie Nights because, like, that's that's like my favorite all time ensemble cast and one of my favorite movies in general. Like that's that's a. Oh. I was thinking Comfort Watch, but like that movie gets really upsetting in the third act, so not as quite as uh, much of a comfort. But anyway, yeah, the ensemble thing it really resonated. But uh, yeah, Bill, what's your number two? What do I got? I'm going to keep on this train. Mike has got us here because I'll be honest, as much as I love uplifting films, I also love movies that just kind of tear me apart. Um, 
you know, sometimes we need a good depressing film, but I'm going to put a spin on it. This is a film that depresses me, but at the end is so uplifting, in my opinion. That is 2020's Another Round from Thomas Vintenberg. Yeah, sweet. I just noticed on my letterbox that it's one of my most rewatched films. I think I've seen it seven or eight times since its release. And every time I watch it, it brings me this appreciation for life. Although it is a film about alcoholism and how dangerous that can be, there, there's an ending sequence. I won't spoil for anyone who hasn't seen it, but um, it, it's so beautiful. It really is. It's just, it's so, I can't help but smile and resonate with uh, Mads Mikkelsen's character, the feeling of just losing yourself in your work or just not being yourself and having to resort to alcohol to feel something feel joy some people have that in their lives and that sucks but another round tackles that theme so well and it's interesting because thomas vinterberg originally was just going to make it a very depressing outlook on alcoholism but his daughter died tragically in a car accident a week into filming the movie and Mm -hmm. through his grief he uh you know, delayed the the filming of the movie and rewrote the script to have that uplifting ending. And I think that just adds a whole cherry on top to how important this film is to people and to me, how personal it is for me. And I'm so glad that it won Best Foreign Film at the Oscars. was totally deserving. It's definitely one of my favorites of 2020. Yeah, that's one of my favorite films of the decade so far. I'd I'd agree with it's a masterpiece i mean, I think what you said about his daughter i think that was in his oscar speech and that was like super moving to me that that he switched up the ending because like if you see his other movies they're all very depressing like that the hunt and everything and that's a very uplifting outlook at the very end um kind of like signifying like he's not going to give up in life and maybe he was at a point where he does and now i don't know it's very it is very uplifting doesn't yeah. uh, the celebration technically count as a uh, Vinterberg? Yes. Movie? Yeah. Ninety-five. I haven't um, seen it yet, unfortunately. I need to. Oh man, um, so good. But I, I know he is like involved with that movie like heavily, and I'm pretty positive he's like one. Oh of yeah, them. he he wrote and directed it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's Dogma ninety-five, so that that's why I asked. Since oh. Oh, yeah. oh yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's sick. That um, I mean, he has such a diverse. Uh, directing style, I mean, can just pull all these emotions just out of like just horrible stuff like grief. I think that's uh, really beautiful. Um, Another Round is a film I've only seen once, but I remember it so well and it was such a fucking great movie. Honestly, that's a film that I really need to watch again. I loved it enough to buy it on Blu-ray, so I, I, I really, it's so deep for a rewatch. Um, amazing movie though, and definitely one of the best endings of like the decade. Just amazing. Yeah, see, like, totally. Filmmaking, just just so life affirming just what a really great movie and especially an amazing just final like 10 minutes for sure yeah even though i'm saying it's like a even though i said it's like a depressing film there are a lot of great moments of comedy when they're drunk at the beginning of the film like when when the teachers supermarket (laughs) yeah when the teachers start (laughs) testing out the waters of of consuming (laughs) vodka in the bathroom Mm -hmm. and figuring out strategies of how to conceal the, the alcohol in their breath or 
Tommy's character where he's the coach of the little kids and is just yeah. Oh, yeah, so yeah. obviously drunk off his ass, but the kids have no idea. And a kid, I remember a kid in the scene uh, motions to want to drink from his water bottle. He's like, no, no, I'm drink from that. <laughs> but, yeah, there like are a lot of there are a lot of great heartwarming moments in uh, another round. I feel like a lot of youth coaches are probably sneaking vodka into their Gatorade bottles. You know, if you're a coach <laughs> yeah. of kids, you got to be. A lot of them are drunk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I can't help but also be self reflective of my own teachers from my youth, just because there's a there's a plot line in the film between one teacher and a student where he, he feels that kids don't really care about their teachers and that when, once they graduate, they won't remember them. They'll forget about them. Like they're nothing, but thankfully a character goes through an experience with one of his students and I couldn't help but feel self-reflective of my own teachers and how much they meant to me and made me kind of want to check up on them, see how they're doing with their lives. Because even though ours move on, they're still there at the school and they're teaching a whole new batch of, of kids. And it give, it brings me a lot of respect for teachers seeing another round and seeing like, especially with Mads Mickelson's character going through a midlife depressive crisis because yeah. of being stuck in this same role for decades as this teacher. So yeah, yeah really- I'm, really great film i'm glad that i've kept in touch with at least one teacher since high school she's honestly like my favorite teacher that i've ever had um her name's miss bull really awesome name (laughs) um (laughs) but she's gonna she's actually gonna come attend a uh, film festival next sunday that's playing my film so that's gonna be awesome oh that's awesome yeah that's so cool and what's even crazier is that like i run like Four or five years ago, I went to this to this uh, soccer game with my dad in Atlanta, and my dad has season tickets, so he's always had the same seats. I mean, when I went there, literally, Miss Bull and her husband were sitting behind my dad for like years, and they like knew each other, and th- and they didn't even know like who like she had no idea that I was like his son. So when I showed up that one time, I was like, "Hey, oh, hey, Miss Bull, what's up?" And they were just like, "Holy wow. shit, that's your son!" I'm like, "Yeah," <laughs> like it was like the, it was like the craziest fucking thing I've like ever witnessed. That's um, wild. But yeah, so shout out to Ms. Bowles. She's an amazing person and teacher. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you brought that up, Bill, because that was definitely one aspect of the film that I remember I really loved. Sam. Shout out to all the teachers out there. Yeah. Honestly, like In all honesty, like they, they're doing the Lord's work. And I still talk to a lot of professors from college and just like those relationships are, I feel like it's like a two-way thing. It, it means a lot to me and them too. Like they actually got through to somebody and it's really, it's really beautiful stuff. Um, but yeah, uh, Carlos, you're number two. You want to do it? Sure. Um, all right. So you mentioned Napoleon Dynamite earlier, and I'm just going to say, fuck it. I'm going to go with Nacho Libre. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. To Jared Hess. Let's go. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. Uh, and that's why I'm glad you brought up Napoleon Dynamite, because now we get to have two of my most comfort films on this video. Um, yeah, dude, Nacho Libre. I mean, I know Nacho Libre isn't nearly as much as, as of a crowd pleaser as Napoleon Dynamite, but to me, I don't know. That movie just works on so many levels. Um, to me, all of that charm, 
and all of that like awkward humor and like all of the absurdity, all of that works just as well for me as it did in uh, um, Napoleon Dynamite. Uh, it's all there in Nacho Libre and I'm like all here for it. Jack Black is, oh, you know, maybe besides, you know, a few other like actors, I think he's one of my favorite comedic actors, if not my favorite comedic actor. Um, he's in so many of my favorite comedies, uh, Tenacious D, School of Rock, um, you know, and fucking Nacho Libre. Uh, I just love the guy so much and I just love his role here. It's just like, <laughs> it's just, there's something just so like hilarious to me with Jack Black playing a Mexican. It's just like <laughs> the most amazing thing I've ever seen. And him doing like that accent the whole movie is just like, to me, it's like creme de la creme cinema. It's just so good. <laughs> Le fish of chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> Le fish of chocolate cinema. Um, yeah. It's just oh, this movie again, like for me, like from start to finish, this film is really funny and it's just incredibly wholesome too. Um, it, and that's why I consider this like a, 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 you know, high up there as my comfort film because it's just, uh, you know, such an uplifting and wholesome and harmless piece of filmmaking that you know i could just watch it like any time of day at at any point rewatch it as many times as i want and all the value and everything that i get from it for the first time is still there and um even more so more it just gets better with every rewatch too so yeah i know it's not everybody's cup of tea but like for me personally it's man fuck so that fuck those fuck people the haters fuck show. the haters i'm yeah. so glad I'm so glad you included that on your list, Carlos, because if no one was going to do it, I was going to put it at my number one. Because that movie oh, is so good. So iconic. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. I need to borrow some sweets. <laughs> yes. I was... <laughs> Chancho. <laughs> I want to win. <laughs> I want to win. It's a good impression of it. He emphasizes certain words like that. and yeah. win. <laughs> I want to win. He's like, those... Those eggs were a lie, says Steven. <laughs> they give me no ego powers. They give me no nutrients. Magical power. <laughs> you could be the greatest fighter that ever lived. <laughs> oh, I love how he how he tries to riz up the nun character by sliding toast under her door. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like that's his way of flirting with her. Yeah. <laughs> I like when like when when they're when they're in the room like talking and she like gently like touches his leg. You hear like a like a like a wolf howling in the <laughs> in the background. Oh, right. <laughs> it's just like little like it's, I mean it's a very quirky film. Again, like like we said Ed, like earlier, it's like a like a trailer park Wes Anderson. <laughs> yeah, I love that term so much. It's like it's yeah. perfect. Yeah. But like the like all the quirks are there in the same way that you would see like in a Wes Anderson film. Um, and it just all just works so well for me. I, I I deeply adore that film so much. I love how Jared casts so many non-actors too that have such yeah. incredible lived-in dynamic faces too. Yep. Like I'm just imagining, like the guy who who regularly attended all of Nacho's fights. You yes. know that guy who has yeah. the horn. Yeah. I love that character so much. We don't even know his name or no mm -hmm. dialogue from him, but. He just has such a memorable face and expression throughout the film that I can't help but love his character and his presence. Yeah, he was like Nacho's like number one fan, like since yeah. the beginning. 
Yeah. <laughs> he, he was the cynic of the yeah. misfit pond right there. <laughs> True. Oh wow. Um yeah. Well, I'm glad that y'all are on board with it because god damn it, I I really love that film a lot. Yeah, and I was going through Jack Black's filmography, and he's like the king of uh comfort movies too. So you mentioned School of Rock and like I love Kung Fu Panda a lot. I don't know about you guys, but like that's yeah. a, that's a huge comfort movie for me as a kid. Oh yeah. yeah. He's just such a he was he was doing good things for sure. Um righty. I'll do my number two then, I guess. Um mm-hmm. uh I'm kind of like Bill. I have a bunch of Blu-rays next to me that I'm kind of shuffling through and just choosing. <laughs> Uh, damn i'm going back to kino i got a criterion in my hand um and this one's actually a shout out to to you mike because i know you love this movie too um it's a mike lee film um that i love it's oh, life... I know, I know. oh shit <laughs> oh shit life what is, is that? sweet life, life is sweet oh Fantastic. i think i've talked about it uh, on an episode with like underrated criterions or something like that so i won't reiterate all what i'm what i said before but um like in terms of comfort like this really takes the 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 term comfort watch kind of literally because this movie is like designed to make you feel kind of like enamored and in tune with this family's day-to-day life um and yeah and like it's a very wholesome outlook on like it's, it, it depicts a working class family like like a lot of uh mike lee films do um and a lot of them I love him. He's one of my favorite directors, but a lot of them do kind of like delve into the pitfalls of like capitalism and um, alienate, like loneliness. Like I've seen naked, like it's a very cynical movie, but like life is sweet is a really like life affirming um, kind of depiction on the working class. And I think that's really rare. And I think that's really like no pun intended, like a really sweet thing to depict um which is and like even though if you've seen the movie like a lot of the characters are really tragic and very emotionally kind of distant from the world uh like the girl who is bulimia and she's sort of like this left wing like i I found this movie really relevant watching it two years ago like she's a really like left wing sort of like depressed you know 20 something who doesn't really do any of like the the things she really cares about like the causes she's really like talking about global warming and like the 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 big corporations that are fucking us over but she's like kind of like debilitated by all of it and she just sits in her room all day um and i find that like a really like lived in sort of character that that we still like i have friends that are like that and i was like holy shit like she's very much you know connected to like modern day sensibilities of people that are just like this this kind of mentality um but like the mom in this movie is like she's She's one of the funniest Mike Lee characters. Like she's cracking jokes, like at every line. She's always like trying to keep a pot. Like she's trying to help. Uh, what's his name? Peter Pettigrew from Harry Potter. Uh, yeah, he's trying to help her with the restaurant, and he's like sexually harassing her, and he and she's still like down to help him. Like everyone in this movie, like they feel so lived in and just real. And like this movie just has this tone to it. Like Mike, you could speak on it too because I know you love the movie, but it just. It just me. It just warms me up inside. Like it's a nice, nice pot of green tea whenever I watch this movie. And the dialogue just so rich and and beautiful. And um, it's 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 hands down, my, not my the best Mike Lee, but it's always been my favorite Mike Lee. So yeah, I no, to, dude, I, I think you're it. totally spot on. I mean, it has been a long time since I I've seen the movie. I I do own it, and 
now, now I really want to rewatch it, but um, I think the way you described it, how it, it it's like like a cup of green tea. It is like one of the coziest movies I, I think I've ever seen, and like um, I mean the way the way it just balances. I know this is a common theme with a lot, especially with like my picks. Um, like a balance of like comedy and drama. I think the movie does it like beautifully, mm-hmm. um, especially um, towards the end that the confrontation between I, I won't spoil too much between uh. The mother and um, yeah, the uh, what's her name again? Uh, Nikolai. Nikolai. Um, yeah. that's an amazing um like climactic scene. Um, that's very subtle. It's very subtle, but there's just so much like uh, explosive, just emotion under it. Mm-hmm. And um, the movie's not really like that really until that point. I mean, it's very light. It's it's a very just very breezy. But um, I don't know the the way just that that final release of emotion. Um, just it was just so beautiful, and um, I, I really do love that movie a lot, and um, I, I really do recommend it for anyone looking for a great comfort movie. I completely agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, or if you want to get into Mike Lee, definitely. Yeah. I recommend any Mike Lee film. Honestly, oh, it's great to start. I've yet to see a movie of his that I've disliked. I've loved Same. every one of his. And that, that one's absolutely a winner too. It's it's not. I don't think it's his best. I think. It's probably no. like the loser of like his '90s trilogy, um, but it's still a remarkably like a high point in his career. I think, even though he has said like it, on the Criterion, I don't know if you've listened to the Criterion commentary. He's Mike Lee has said like it's his worst movie he's made, which I haven't seen all of his movies. So I I've think heard him say weird. that. Yeah, no, he ends yeah. the commentary saying that. Um, before, <laughs> like, um, like before I go, I just want to let you know this is my least favorite movie of mine, and, <laughs> yeah. and then and broke then, my heart. He's yeah, just like, fuck like, you guys, I'm going home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically. But um just trolled the audience. <laughs> no, amazing pick. Definitely. Such a uh, a great pick. I'm uh, surprised that he even said that, you know, because like that movie is like some of the best performances he's gotten out of his, you know, like ensemble, like as a whole. Like I feel like collectively the tone and like everything just came together so well. So sorry, movie. Carlos, what were you saying? I was going to say, I've only seen two Mike Lee films, Naked and Secrets and Lies, which is also a Mike recommendation. And Secrets and Lies, to me, is a masterpiece. Incredible. I I have a whole, like, review on that movie, but that movie fucking blew me away. I did not expect that at all. I mean, I expected to like it, but I did not expect to witness, like, a masterpiece. And God damn it, that movie's so good. Which makes me really excited to watch uh, Life is Sweet. Um Honestly, Life is Sweet sounds very, very up my alley. So I'm really excited to you see it. You would that. like it. You know another, David Lewis's uh, first movie. Yeah. Was like first the, ever? The chocolate stuff. Oh, gee. Okay. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I love the movie, but I, I, that scene just... <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to watch. It's hard to watch. Yeah. Her whole, the bulimia in that movie is like a pretty yeah. triggering, I feel like, to a lot of people. But yeah. Really you know... Up. You know who's a character I love in the film who's just it's so weird seeing him in this role as Timothy Spall as yeah. Aubrey. He's yeah. so kooky and out of place from the love from Timothy the remainder Spall. of the movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Another Mike Lee movie that's like that I wanted to recommend to you, Mike, was another year that I saw this year for the or semi-recently for the first time. And that's like if Secrets and Lies like is his best movie this is for me in my opinion it's not far behind i think it's like oh, one of the best things he's ever accomplished as a, as a director nice. um but secrets of lies is still like i think is like as carlos saying like it 
perfect film all, all around like his biggest achievement i think definitely one um i haven't seen too many of his later like uh late 2000s work but um i actually did watch um happy go lucky with blair i love that movie yeah and, um, comfort, really, another comfort that's a, yeah that's actually another like wonderful like comfort movie really just really really comedic just really light um sally hawkins in that movie is amazing <laughs> about phenomenal such phenomenal a, yeah it's really almost like grates on your nerves but you just come to love her <laughs> so much i i've only seen it once but i really enjoy that one i thought excellent movie as well that's blair core right there that movie too that's yeah a, we both but, really enjoyed it like yeah. blair really loved it too it's great yeah i love mike lee what can i say but uh <laughs> mike do you want to uh i think it's our last pick so all right um kick us off okay um so I debated putting this <laughs> in my, my list, but you know, I, I just can't help just um recognize just the impact this movie has on me and um just how often I put, I find myself putting on this movie. And this it's kind of a weird pick, but um Itumama Tambien is actually oh, nice. my uh, number one comfort movie. Well, this yeah. movie I, I've seen it not like hundreds of times like some of my other movies, but like I just I'm always so drawn to this movie. I can just popping in just so often and it just puts me under this just almost like in a trance like this movie has just such a beautiful spell about it it's just from like the writing um the chemistry between the three leads is just so real it just almost like feels like um i don't say intrusive but it, it's just so raw mm-hmm. and it's so compelling but um it's it's like just so chill like the vibe of this movie is beautiful um and that, that definitely the cinematography and especially the direction in this movie just helps so much. It just really, it, it just puts you in, in, in the center of like um, this crazy road trip. And um, it, it's, there's a sense of like relaxation I get from this movie, despite like a lot of the, obviously there, if you've seen the movie, the very intense, like uh, <laughs> sexual like situations and um, re- more like intense emotions towards the end. But um like the whole um just like laid back vibe of this movie um just like a lot of the dialogue just like just like the general like um scenes where they're just chit-chatting and especially like that dance scene towards the end it's just really just magical to me yeah and um i don't know this movie means really the world to me i wish to like <laughs> explore it all like a lot more in detail because i also just love the commentary it's really like the kind of like the socio-political commentary yeah. and like the narration that goes on through it. But just in general, I mean, as rich and as beautiful as this movie, I just think it's just so um, incredibly enjoyable from just start to finish. Um, just, it just never gets old. I, I didn't really like it the first time I saw it, but the more the more I see it, the more I just, I just really can't help but love it um, to death. Um, it's heart-wrenching. It's, it's hilarious. It's uh, definitely more towards the beginning. I think there's a lot of really, really just amazing, just sharp dialogue. And um, yeah, just from start to finish, just fireworks for me. And just a movie that, that really, it, it just cuts deep. And I, I, don't, I don't really know why. It's just, again, like it almost puts me in a spell, this movie. I think it's really a masterpiece. It's my favorite Quaron. And I've seen basically all of his movies. He's one of my favorite filmmakers. But um, yeah, I can go on and on and on. This movie is amazing. Oh, that's wow. such a great pick thanks thanks so much beautiful pick it's such like a it's such a it's a, it's honestly one of the most like humanly raw movies i've ever seen 
totally. like everything about it just feels so incredibly touching and human and yeah i mean i i absolutely love it i mean i'm half mexican and you know from the culture that i have grown up with i feel like it embodies that like better than almost any movie that i've ever seen it's just it's fucking it's great and i pretty much every aspect i can think of yeah. um and i can definitely see why like you know it it's 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 there on your list and i think it deserves it because it really is like i mean for me it's very like it's hard to describe the feeling that the movie gives you because yeah. Yeah. it's not really like a full-on positive feeling but it's not really like depressing it, it's definitely kind of like more melancholy i would probably describe it yeah. That's what um, one one could say it was lugubrious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, love that Perry core. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, I completely feel you. Like the, the the feeling this movie uh puts me under every time I put it on is it's like indescribable. I mean, yeah. again, despite like the craziness, it, it's such it's so beautifully human, especially towards the end. Like it just, I just get honestly just choked up thinking about like the. The last 10 minutes of this movie, I think, is mm-hmm. just such an incredible gut punch. Yeah. And, um, and it's so I, subtle, I too. It's, yeah, it's so subtle. Like, yeah. um, you don't really pick up on it until, I don't know, really, you just let it sink in. And um, oh my God, the music in this movie is yeah. freaking amazing. Especially, especially like the end credit song, um, the right. Frank song, um, The Watermelon. Oh, yeah. That's a great song. Sure um is so good such a part like one of my favorite just uses of a song in an, any end credit sequence ever consider i'm, I'm not going to spoil anything but considering yeah. um like what happens to some of the characters i think mm. and if you know the history behind that mm. uh, song it just it really is the definition i think of a gut punch but um it doesn't it doesn't leave me like it leaves me like sad but um i just i don't know i just feel alive that's i think that's the last word yeah. Describe this movie makes me feel so alive, and I think that's one of the best things uh, a comfort movie can do just make you just I don't know, just feel something you just can't really describe. It just mm-hmm. it just puts you in touch with reality. Seeing totally. it, I know when I first watched Ito Mama Tambien and it finished, it I just felt so quietly devastated yeah. from that that third act. and yeah, that's a great. That's such a great pick. I need to rewatch that film desperately. It's been a minute. Yeah, it's everyone should see it. Just if you obviously if you can handle like really like I mean it's very if you haven't seen the movie it's very sexually intense. Horny as hell. Horny. It's a yeah. horn dog. <laughs> film. Yeah, it's a horn dog. It's so tasteful. It's just mm. so. Yeah, I just done with so much respect. It's just very. It's it's raw. It's I know it can be all like ugly for people, but I mean this is the reality of like growing up. I mean for stuff for like yeah like teenage boys and stuff like that and um i think it kind of just captures the magic of like i don't know just young adulthood um so so amazingly just, just some, some of the dialogue scenes especially the one with um diego luna and gal garcia bernal when they're in the hotel room um oh yeah Love that. so like whoa just yeah I, I don't know. I can't. I can't, can't describe. I don't even have the words. It just. I love how they grow to resent each other over like yeah. a woman. It's like that feels so. The way it's like executed is so true to life. Like it's indescribable. Like you said. Like it's so hard. Just like the gestures, the way they look at each other. Everything's so meticulous and yeah. it's such like a lived-in feel to that movie. And I want to give you credit, Mike. I remember because like I think it was last year you were talking up that movie we were talking about it and i'd never seen it till last year 
And I blind brought the criterion because you were saying like, oh, it's like one of your favorite, like top five favorite movies or something like that. And I bought it. And yeah, I it I loved it so much. And I'm, I'm so glad I, bl- I blind bought it and took a chance because it uh, it's so good. I remember that. I'm glad you did. It's just, yeah. I think, I don't know, everyone cool. the earth needs to see this movie. I think it's just so freaking good. Easily in my top five of all time. Just bar none. So, Is that your guys' favorite Quadron movie overall? I think for me, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Oh, I mean, nothing it's will tough. be. Nothing will beat Children of Men for me. Me too. But Ethan Tambien is definitely my second favorite. I sure. wouldn't argue if somebody said like Children of Men is like their their favorite, or they say mm-hmm. it's the best squad on this. It, this is just honestly more of a personal pick because again, the feeling this movie gives for me um, in my heart is just just second to none in in terms of this like filmography. Like I've I don't know even like Roma. I mean, I love Roma to death. But yeah, me too. This one, Itamama Tambien, really just, it just hits so deep. It's mm-hmm. just so wow. profound in just so many ways. And I don't know, it's, it's my personal favorite. I, I, won't, I won't say it's objectively his best. I mean, everyone. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying with Mike Lee. Like, I think Secrets and Lies is objectively better than that. But it's like, it's tough, you know. We all, a favorite from a director is very subjective sometimes, too. And it's like, he's got a great body of work, though. Like, I think he's, he's, he's great. Overall, he's one of favorite, uh, filmmakers of all time. Yeah, sure. I love his uh, body work so much. Yeah, he's the great. All right, that's that's a great one to end on. I think too. Um, so, Mr. Bill Griff, what is your number one comfort movie? The Bill Griff. So I'm I'm just gonna be Bill honest Griff. here. I'm gonna be honest. It was between two Criterion's, and it's not Blue Velvet. That's what it originally was going to be. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Directed. <laughs> That's actually my most watched film on Letterboxd. So. Carlos Core. Wild. <laughs> but my number one, my number one has got to be Good Morning from oh, Yasujiro Ozu. I love that so much. Oh my God. It's the closest film I've, I've experienced, aside from a few other Japanese criterions, which I won't mention because might show up here um it's the it's one of the one of the only live action films that feels like a studio ghibli film it has that energy that warm blanket that feeling of of just joy childhood joy and if if no one's seen it i know it's kind of a a a lesser seen film in the criterion collection it's about two little boys that grow up in in this tight knit community of houses in the 50s it's made in 1959 and they desperately want their parents to buy them a television black and white television that is you know when those were just coming out then and their parents will not do that so the boys take a vow of silence until they get it and what what's funny about this film is that I think it's one of the first fart comedies to be made because there's there's this plot that happens in the film where they pull each other's fingers or they tap each other on the on the forehead and then they fart. And that's that's the joke. But the farts are so weird. They don't sound like a standard fart sound that we'd hear on TikTok these days. It's (laughs) it's like a it's like some weird (laughs) indescribable sound that. (laughs) is so hilarious there's there's also a kid i love 
who attempts to play the game with them but every time they tap on his forehead he shits his pants yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he has to go back home and get it he always car. leaves yeah, yeah oh not only is it just like a really warm type of film to me but it kind of also speaks to western influences on japanese children at the time it has a lot to say in terms of how the u.s just kind of has their shadow over post-war Japan and how the children are influenced and how they no longer have those kind hearted greetings like the adults do in the film. If you notice the adults are very, very one note. They always are like, Oh, hello. Hi, how are you? Wonderful Mm -hmm. weather. Yes. And the kids are like, man, fuck that. Let's just watch sumo wrestling and Mm -hmm. run outside and, and speak to each other with farts. There's something so simplistic about the movie that I love and adore. And Good Morning is one of my favorite comedies. It's so easygoing and so digestible that anyone can put it on and enjoy, as long as you're okay with subtitles. But yeah, Good Morning is one of my favorites in the collection. Yes, I love it. I wish you were on our 50s episode, Bill, because I fought hard for Good Morning because oh, it was in my top five. Yeah, I, I, It's in my top like 50 favorite movies of all time. And like we were saying about director's best like i feel like ozu's best movie might be like late spring but there's a special place in my heart for for good morning i just oh yeah i I adore it i will say i think ozu's best is tokyo story or yeah of course and then and then good morning is my second favorite of course just because it's just so so warm and 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 fun and lighthearted, just great it really is and like you like you were saying about how it depicts the the children versus the adults like there's like a whimsical nature and like a freeness to them and the parents are like entering this like robotic sort of way of speaking and acting like it's it speaks a lot of like truth like what you were saying about how you know industrialization and all this stuff is kind of like taking hold on this next generation um but tells it through like you were saying like fart humor and like relationship comedy and stuff it's like it's such a master stroke by Ozu, in my opinion. It's so perfect. And while most people, like most of our picks here, we've talked about like super bad is timeless. The other guys is kind of timeless. Good morning is the opposite. <laughs> it feels dated. It feels like a time capsule from a whole other period. It just like not just the the fact of the television being a new invention, but yeah, just how how tight-knit the community is in the film because nowadays we don't have that kind of luxury of going next door to our neighbor to strike up a conversation every morning Mm -hmm. like these people do and how gossipy the women are with each other that's a whole other comedic dynamic and how the men just all the men just go to one Mm -hmm. bar to get drunk and complain exactly (laughs) yeah each yep. each archetype of the family has their own their own position in life that they have their own cog in this machine of life exactly. but it's such a joyous life to see on display that i can't help but love it and fall in love with it every time i see it totally bill uh, mike and carlos have you guys checked out good morning yet yeah um, i love it i personally haven't yet um, I've actually not seen any Ozzy movies, unfortunately, but um, 
there's actually a theater um, um, in Boston that's actually going to be playing uh, all of Oz, well, like 13 of Oz's movies. I might, I might, and I think Good Morning would be playing there. So, I mean, Bill, you definitely sold Ooh. me. You gotta watch yeah. out, though. I have a feeling the art house crowd. Yeah, is gonna I was gonna die. say the crowd's just They're gonna to die crowd, laughing yeah. at that. Oh shit. yeah, crap. That's, <laughs> that's that's a really good point. Just watch it on your on your TV, honestly. Yeah, Fuck that crowd. Yeah, honestly. I mean, they'll they might even fucking laugh at fucking late spring when she has to get married or some <laughs> shit. They're like, ha ha ha, bitch. You know the scene the scene at the end, which they open up to each other, like, huh? Fucking yeah. feeling. Wait, wait, feelings. What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah, I'm repressed and I don't know how to deal with it. <laughs> so it's usually what it is. You know? That's exactly what it is. Yeah, Mike, I was um, telling you about the movie Little Men, uh, which is a remake of Good Morning that Iris Sachs directed. Um, oh, that's a remake. Oh, wow, I didn't know that. Spiritual. It's like it's the same plot as Good Morning. It's like based in New York. It's very similar, but like that's that's a quick plug to another movie I love that came out in like 2012. Uh, that's a uh, that's technically a remake of Good Morning. So, Bill, also, uh, if, I'd recommend that to you if you love Good Morning. It's so good. I've heard of it. I haven't seen it yet, though. It's, it's fantastic. Um, yeah, I don't think I've heard of this movie. Oh, Greg Kinnear. Okay. Yeah, Greg. Yeah, we were just talking about yeah, Greg Kinnear's <laughs> the, another shithead dad in that. Yeah. Uh, no, th- thanks for the rack. And um, yeah, I'd, I'd love to see uh, Good Morning eventually. I know, like, um, especially in, like, in uh, the chat, it's um, Good Morning is very beloved. By by those who've seen it, I, I mean, yeah, I, 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 I love Good Morning, um, quite a bit. But I mean, Late Spring to me is, I don't want to say it's on a whole other level, but to me, that's like a masterpiece. Yeah, it's not. It's, I wouldn't say it's like a comfort film necessarily. It kind of is in a way, honestly. Yeah, all of them are. Every Ozu movie's comforting to me, but yeah, but the, I don't know. I don't want to spoil it too much. I won't say much, but yeah, there's there's a pretty big reason why I wouldn't like be confident to say that it's full on comfort film, but it's yeah. still a fucking amazing movie. That's awesome. Yeah, agreed. It's definitely sold me on it. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's an amazing pick. I would I would have picked it myself too. Um, honestly, it's so means a lot to me as well. Uh, Carlos, what's your last one, man? All right, so we were talking a lot about ensemble casts earlier and this one perfectly embodies that notion um and it's also a criterion so i'm going to keep the criterion train going um and it is life aquatic steve zissou interesting okay we didn't have a wes anderson yet so i'm glad we got a wes in there yeah i thought at this point we would get at least one wes anderson from (laughs) each person but we got two trailer park wes but we don't have to get a real wes yeah (laughs) um yeah life aquatic life aquatic is actually my personal favorite wes anderson film um obviously i wouldn't say it's his best but to me this film like resonated with me so much like personally and like the comedy and the wholesomeness of it um and just like the overall concept and setting of it like with the ocean and everything uh for some reason just really resonated with me and it's a film, it's definitely my most watched Wes Anderson film. I watched this film a shitload of times. Uh, so has Jen. I think Jen has seen this movie somehow more than I have. But she also loves this movie. I love this movie. Again, ensemble cast is incredible. Bill Murray. I mean, just like every Wes Anderson film has an ensemble cast. Bill Murray, Owen Wilson. Willem. Willem's so good at it. 
Willem Dafoe. Yeah. Oh my god, Willem Dafoe's character is so. I think he might be my favorite character in the movie. Me he's too. So yeah. so good. Incredible. He's hilarious. Um, top top five Willem Dafoe fits in that film. <laughs> oh yeah, with his shorts. Yeah, for sure. Um, Kate Blanchett is in it too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I mean, remember that? Yeah, she's the. <laughs> She's oh the yeah, rep- it, she's the reporter, right? She's the love interest, on. right? Yeah, the, the pregnant reporter love interest. Yeah. Oh, that's such a that's such a wild role for her to take compared to like Tar and shit. Lydia Tar, yeah. Tar now. I think yeah. that was before she was like a like superstar, like yeah, reliable actress. She was still, but yeah, she's great in that too. Yeah, and I don't know. To me, the movie is just so fucking funny. Like I find like almost everything about this movie absolutely hilarious. Um. And I know, like, in terms of Wes Anderson's filmography, Life Aquatic is a bit more, like, on the divisive side. Um, but to me, like, Life Aquatic is just works on every single level. I love this film from beginning to end. And, um, you know, it gets, uh, it actually gets quite dramatic um, in a way that actually usually gets tears out of me. So, you know, in that way, it's not, like, the most, like, you know, perfectly, you know, emotionally safe movie that's just good vibes the entire time. Um, but overall, this film is like the embodiment of good vibes. Um, and it's just a beautifully presented film. Obviously, that Wes Anderson, uh, you know, symmetrical, uh, very like calculated, constructive style is here with this film. And I just love the presentation of it overall. Like I love the presentation of the uh, uh, Bella Font where it kind of goes you know, it shows everything that's going on in the ship while Bill, Bill Murray's explaining everything. It's just, I don't know. It's just such a comforting, wholesome film and it's hilarious. And I love all the characters in it and all the performances and um, yeah, fucking uh, Life Aquatic is a, is my favorite Wes Anderson film. And um, I just love everything about it. So that's why it's in my nice. list. The soundtrack is also like all timer. Oh man, like, prize best it. soundtrack ever. You know, like Bob Dylan. Super awesome, super yeah. memorable. Yeah. I listen to the score just like on my downtime sometimes. <laughs> it is just, so good. good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we had to have a Wes Anderson at some point, and I'm glad it's it's that one too. And that's not even like the like I was gonna say Fantastic Mr. Fox is like an honorable mention because like mm-hmm. that's like the the like the most typical answer, I feel like, for that, but aquatic's great and yeah. He's he's the king of comfort for uh for like girls on Tumblr and shit like that. So <laughs> and Carlos and Carlos, yeah, yeah. Carlos's like Tumblr. Big, What's oh, that, Wes Bill? Anderson like comfort movie? I'd probably pick like uh, Rushmore personally. Oh, yeah. Rushmore's great. Oh, Rushmore's I'd, good. I love yeah. that movie so. I'd Royal Tenenbaums as well as a movie I love. Um, there's uh, a lot. Tenenbaums, yeah. Bill, were, Bill, were you gonna say something? For the longest time, The Life Aquatic was my favorite Wes Anderson. So I'm glad you picked that as yours. I didn't know that about you. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah man. That's that's awesome. Yeah, that's fucking awesome. Yeah, I, I fucking love Life Aquatic, dude. It's awesome that that was also your favorite as well. Yeah. Well, now with currently it's Mr. Fox, but we'll see. Maybe upon a rewatch, I'll come to my senses again and go back. <laughs> my yeah, is- it's, it's, it's hard to find people that like are like in love with life aquatic because you know it's again it's kind of divisive amongst all of his films and most people they don't they wouldn't go to life aquatic as their favorite they would pick like grand budapest or fantastic mr fox or even like moonrise kingdom or something but yeah 
Yeah, I was gonna say mine has changed so many times, like from Rushmore, Tenant Bombs, Mr. Fox. So I'm waiting for the life aquatic train to to roll. <laughs> Even Moonrise Kingdom, when I was like that was my first Wes Anderson I saw, and for a while that was like the top. But yeah, he's got a I mean they're all fucking great films, dude. They're all like, yeah. Like Darjeeling Limited, I love too. I think that's really yeah. underrated. Yeah, I watched that for the first time, like maybe like four or five months ago, and I loved it. It's great. I'm very excited for Asteroid City. Like, whatever. He has a new yeah. movie. Like, I rewatch a ton of Wes Anderson movies and just get in that zone. You know, it's just, yep. it's always fun. Hell yeah. That's, that's a good one. Um, all right. Let's finish this. Um, I, this is the most obvious pick of the night, but I have to pick it. I mean, Bill, you mentioned Ghibli. So I had, a, I have, I have a Ghibli. Um, and it's, it's my favorite Miyazaki movie. It's my neighbor Totoro. I mean, we 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 made a mo- an episode about comfort watches. How could I not talk about it? Hell yeah! Um, I saw this movie actually during at the uh, AMC Ghibli Fest that they do every year. Yeah, I saw it a few like a month ago with a friend who had actually never seen it surprisingly, and he loved it. And I, while watching that movie, just like I I had a t- I was going through a tough time, and this movie really just kind of like brought my head above water again. Um. I mean, th- this movie's plotless, basically. Like, it's it's all about, you know, life affirming uh, moments in like these young girls' lives, and like this is a movie. I, this is like the longest. I, I kind of did a thing where I looked at my favorites list and I saw like what movies are like the lot like the longest lasting from when I was a kid, and it's like I, I saw this and like Jurassic Park was another one, but like. Like, I think Totoro is the longest lasting to be in, like, in my top, like, 20, 15 favorite movies of all time. When I got, I got, I got shown this movie, like, when I was, like, five. And, like, ever since that, it's been, like, part of my life. And I I, I have a poster behind me um, that's, like, I spent way too much money on (laughs) of a framed Totoro poster. And I have a book behind me. I'm just, I'm just such a fan of this, this movie and what it represents to all ages, all demographics, everyone, and like how it's a comfort to, I mean, it's literally their logo um, for a company based on making really comforting, you know, um, children's movies. So I think it's the pinnacle and it's, it's, it still remains like the, one of the most personal, personal movies uh, uh, of all time for me. And I, I watch it all the time. So it's, it's a typical answer, but Someone had to bring up a Ghibli, I feel like, too, just yeah. like Wes Anderson. I'm really, um, I'm really glad you did because I, I thought, like, for sure, we're gonna have at least two people bring up a fucking <laughs> yeah. Miyazaki movie, but apparently not. So I hate to be uh, so basic, but you know, it's I, I almost had Howl's Moving Castle on my top five. That too, that too. Yeah, yeah. I'd like. Awesome. I'm glad you presented a Ghibli. We needed a Ghibli. I'm spirited away in my um. It's yeah. one of my favorite movies. But, it's um, it's incredible. Yeah, I Kiki's Delivery Service even is one of my oh, yes. movies. It's like, yes. any of you guys uh, seen uh, only uh, only yesterday? Which that's it's not Miyazaki, but it's uh, uh, Isao Takahata. I actually haven't yet. No, that's a fantastic. That's honestly the definition of like a comfort movie. I I haven't seen it in a while, but I, I'd still like highly recommend it if you okay something kind of kind of like more than that like plotless. Uh, vein that you're describing but just very very like a uh, cozy and just a uh, very heartfelt uh it, it's very little it's very it's a very little scene movie because the distribution is horrible but uh yeah i highly recommend only yesterday if you're into that um 
early like a Ghibli. So like basically the opposite vibe of Grave of the Fireflies. Oh yeah, yes. totally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've got how to direct you Grave of the Fireflies. Birth, yeah. Birth of the Fireflies. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of counteracts everything I was saying about Ghibli and how they're like designed to comfort children because Grave of the Fireflies is like fuck. I don't know if it's a Ghibli brand. I actually it, don't know, but like it that, is actually, yeah. That's, it is. that's yeah, yeah. I love that movie nonetheless, but yeah, it's like fuck. Oof. Gotta have I've like a stories of like college the... campuses like uh double featuring uh Grave of the Fireflies and uh Totoro i've read this online somewhere that like somebody what a psychopath whoever, yeah. whoever. Uh, <laughs> wow what a bunch together. of what a bunch of fucked up people uh where is that playing again i <laughs> <laughs> i gotta check that out oh, that's a fire <laughs> are they probably uh I mean, I guess it wouldn't be so bad if you do Grave of the Fireflies first, I guess, and then I guess up <laughs> Totoro the- to come. Oh, uh, no, Totoro you gotta first. end. You gotta end the night off. Right you gotta end with the fireflies. with the. You gotta end with the the knife in the neck, man. Yeah. You know? <laughs> put him down. Just <laughs> <laughs> put him down. Pull a mice and pen on. He fucking killed her. He <laughs> <laughs> <You> fucking killed her. <laughs> Jonah Hill watching oh. Grave of the Fireflies. <laughs> There's a security breach. Oh no! There's this off. <laughs> That's one of my favorite uh, needle drops in film. Is when they leave the grocery store and it plays like that funk song when they're on the bus. Yeah, like, yeah. The yeah. like picking his nose. Pick his yeah. nose. Yeah. Oh, I didn't say my, my favorite super bad line. I think I think probably my my favorite uh, line um, is when they get back on the bus. Like towards the end of the movie, and they find the homeless guy again. McMuffin, hey, it's you, McMuffin, <laughs> McMuffin, <laughs> McMuffin. I love that. That homeless guy like kills it in that movie. Like, what a great. He's in that movie for such a long time. Which yeah. Funniest part is he just that. He became. He becomes a key player in the, yeah. in the story. He does. Yeah. He passes out in the back, and like Bill Hader, like gets scared. He's like, ah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's, a, he's the fastest kid alive. It's just beer. It's just beer. Oh, yeah. Like, Prepared to be fucked by the long dick of the law. God, Bill Hader, what a king, man. Making oh. a meal out of that role. I, I got to watch Barry. Uh, yeah, I don't know what I'm, oh, dude. I've Barry's seen the first. Fun. Barry's fantastic. Yeah. I've seen the first four episodes, and they're it's so good, man. It's, it's incredible. So you know, every Sunday I've been watching. The new succession, and then I watched the new Barry right after. It's oh, like a damn. great, it's a That's great awesome. thing to keep Dude, up a, with. Yeah, what a wild Sunday to yeah. have <laughs> succession and then Barry right after. So you and make sure to ending. Yeah, they're both the final season too. So it's like a there's like a deep like dread every night. I'm like fuck, man, it's getting getting darker and darker. Yeah, Barry gets really dark. I know you you yeah. guys are early on, right? It's like yeah, it gets yeah. really dark. I I am yeah. familiar with like how dark that show gets and like how yeah. like, despondent it is. <laughs> like like I, season three, I was like during quarantine, I was like, I don't know if I can handle this. It's getting like too, too. Yeah. But like in the best way possible, it's like it's brilliant. Even like the episode titles are the, like by the end of the show, like I noticed they like all start going like lowercase and like yeah, yeah. I'm like like whoa, what what is going on? Yeah. And, like, I haven't seen the show, so I don't know the context, but um, yeah, yeah, my yeah. my. Uh, my uh, mom, she keeps like rushing to tell me to to like to watch the show. That way, I can get to season three because she's like, "Oh my god, Carlos, <laughs> see, season three is like gonna blow your mind." And I'm like, "All right." So, 
I mean, I just haven't, I just haven't had the time yet, but mm-hmm. I'm definitely planning to, I'm definitely planning to like, yeah. do a berry binge. A new berry binge. After, yeah. after succession concludes, I'm going to start berry for sure. Yeah. Smart. I, I like, I, it's nice having them both in one night, but it's like, it's better to like savor it all. Cause I feel like I'm just consuming it all in one night. It's hard not to, it's hard not to just consume, man. No, but I'm like, I need to see what happens. Like the formulaic television, you know, it just sucked me in. Fucking coming from Carlos. Didn't you watch three seasons of Breaking Bad in a day or something like that? Better Call Saul. (laughs) That was Better Call Saul. Yeah. Yeah. How would you even have time? Like I got to, I got to, I got through two seasons basically in one day. Jeez. I did nothing all day. All, 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 <laughs> hours. Yeah. Isn't that like, that's like, yeah, like how many episodes is that? It's a lot. Season. Yeah. So you're 20 hours. You just to be fair, <laughs> to be fair, to be fair, I think like the first season of that, that I did watch, we were like four episodes in. So I had like a little bit of a head start there. Oh, okay. Yeah. But um, no, that's crazy. We didn't do anything all day. We literally woke up early and then we were like, let's just like, we didn't have anything to do. We're like, dude, let's just take this data <laughs> and just binge the fuck out of better call Saul. And that's what oh, we did. I love those days when you, yeah. When you literally wake up and then that's your day. It's just sitting. Yeah. And it was a great fucking day. That was such a good day, dude. <laughs> watching Breaking Bad, like uh, before the final season came out, definitely is like uh, a key moment. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh my god, that was so fun! Before, before, I, I, before the final season even aired, just like catching up, not yeah, and, dude. Again, not knowing like what was gonna happen is just. Uh, I wish I could experience it for the first time again. At, same with Better Call Saul. I mean, both. I love Better Call Saul too. Yeah. In different ways, they're both just yeah. top tier television. Yeah, for sure. All righty, let's wrap it up uh, this has been such a long episode but honestly i was gonna say like one of my favorites that we've ever done because like we talked about so many yeah. great just insanely great movies like all around like there was oh, not yeah. one um and you everyone has such a great like synopsis and just like reasoning behind each pick so i had a great time and um yeah thank you guys for coming on and sitting like man like three hours i think at this point uh, Mike, thank you for coming on, and I can't wait for you to come back on the the '90s episode to do like a similar. Sure. I hope you didn't pick any movies that's gonna be on your '90s list, and then you're gonna no, have to repeat no. it. So. Totally <laughs> no, I'll, I'll, I'll that's yeah. a relief, but yeah, but thank you, man. It was it was yeah. it was a long time coming, and I appreciate the the last minute fill in for for Blair. So my pleasure it was it was awesome to be here. Thank you guys so much. I had so much fun. Bill Griff, same to you, man. It was so fun. And you're going to be back next very soon for eighties. So hell yeah. Hell yeah. Get more I'm honored. Your... Thank you yeah. for letting me come on, Jake. This was an honor. Uh, can't wait. Can't wait for eighties to see how hectic that'll go. <laughs> there'll be, there'll be more uh, contention probably. Maybe we'll see maybe, but uh, we'll and if and Carlos, of course, man, this, we've done so many episodes at this point, so it's been an honor and a and a privilege. Same, yeah, and congrats it's a privilege for me, man. Yeah, totally. I was gonna say congrats on the uh, the the film festivals too. I know every time you come Thank on, you. you have a you have a new film festival that you were just <laughs> were just at. So you're you're obviously in the midst of a lot of good career stuff. So thanks, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, it went it went really well. It was a it was a lot of fun. It was a great experience. I got I got another one coming up and. Uh, I guess like a week and a half now, so I'm I'm really pumped for that one as well. Hell yeah! I can't wait to hear how it went and everything. And mm-hmm. 
subscribe to the misfit pond obviously too don't forget about that and the discord you know you know the drill at this point yeah <laughs> uh, we've we said it a lot but uh also subscribe to the cinnabums on youtube apple podcast spotify all that good stuff and we will see you in the next decade episode and thank again thank you guys so much it was it was an honor and a privilege thank you sir and-